What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. This is another one of those special episodes, Terrence. Yeah, we have another big name. Another big name. The the the, the trend continues. Our guests keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. And and the guest today is someone that I personally met at the start of 2018 on a movie set. Who cares, man? This no. guy was on Jimmy Kimmel, man. He was featured on Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy K- Fallon. Oh, Jimmy Fallon, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Too many Jimmys here. Yeah. Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Let me finish, okay? okay yeah. I will speed through it because it'll probably come up in the conversation. I met yeah. him on a movie set, January 2018, when he was telling me about his dreams of becoming a rapper. And now, literally two, two three weeks ago, he was, he, gave, he was given a shout out on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. So, with all due welcome and love we welcome young raja what's up fellas what's oh. up man <laughs> Yo, what thank you up? for having me here i Let love the vibe man. you know you're like super chill you know usually people when we invite them here mm-hmm. then they're in the seat they're usually like sitting like this oh really but you're like totally like whoa just in your zone right now he's really. a rapper <laughs> la, bro <laughs> rapper automatically cool bro <laughs> <laughs> no man no but but going back to that one like ah. um, I know before before this podcast, you guys mm. were talking about how that was a turning point for yeah. Young Raja's career, yeah. and also for you, like, right? Ah, uh, turning point for me. I mean, it was my first movie set. Okay, mm. okay, okay. Oh, for yeah. real? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I had been on TV shows before, but that was the first movie movie set, like. Oh okay. wow! Yeah. What, what what a pleasant time! Like yes, meet yeah. you exactly. Yeah. It was your first time. It was my last time. Yeah, Wait, but, yeah, but can we just? Uh, I, I wasn't there. The context, so yeah, yeah. Okay, context. Please take me, take yes. me back to how it was and what you guys were doing, what roles you were playing, etc. So yeah. the movie was called Zombie Pura, mm-hmm. um, and it was set in an army camp, and basically that gets overrun by zombies, la. Yeah. And I met uh, Raja uh, back then. I knew him as Rajit, mm-hmm. um, and we were actors on the set. I was having a supporting role, and Rajit was playing a medic who got turned into a zombie. Yeah, la. yeah. Mm, who got bit right. on the neck who by an infected neck. zombie. Yeah. 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 And then in between scenes, I remember like I would just ask, like we just talk about what we're each up to, and I was yeah. telling him, yeah, we're working on pitching these TV shows and stuff. And he was telling me, you were telling me about your music, la. Yeah. And mm. I think at that mm. point in time, you were about to upload, or you had already uploaded a video on Twitter with Faris Jabba. Yes. That mm. was filmed in either one of your rooms. Yeah, his room. Yeah. Yeah, mm. his room. Yeah. Where I mean, the video quality wasn't the best. Yeah. Right. Was, and you told me that. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> man. No, but in fact, I told you that is a nice thing. Like, yeah, at, yeah, I think yeah. you wanted to refilm it with proper production quality yeah. and all. And I said, no, there's something very nice about the rawness of that. And if I remember correctly, you took an excerpt from Fucker Fuzz's comedy special. Yes, it was mm. his thing, like more better. Uh, more better. that he used to say. A mm. phrase that yeah. he coined. Yes. Then you and Faris Jabba made a rap over it. Yeah. And it Inspired. went quite viral, right? A little bit. Yes, it did. I mm. mean, it was, a, it was definitely a launch pad for both of us, uh, unexpectedly. We yeah. Didn't, we, didn't yeah. Ex- we didn't see that coming one bit. I mean, yeah, it trended okay. on Twitter and all that. And it was it was not like we plotted it, you know what I mean? It was not like, oh, we know for a fact yeah. this video is going to blow or anything like that. It's just, he's my best friend. Yeah. So wait, we, when you guys met, the two of you, when yeah. you met, that thing already was trending. And, I and think so. I think it was, it was already was trending. Already. Yeah. Okay, like, okay. I think it went up probably like a week, a week yeah, prior. Yeah, correct. And I, I, I think your you what the conversation was, whether you should refilm it as a proper uh, music video or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Something like that. Then I was sharing with you that this is something that went up recently yeah, and yeah. I was excited that it, it was doing well. Yeah. People yeah, were liking yeah. it. But yeah. what, what role were you playing in the this zombie movie? So my role was uh, Medic Daniel. Mm. Um, I appeared in one scene basically uh, I had a couple of lines yeah. um, as the medic that came back for Reservist um, 
clearly after forgetting all the things that he learned as a medic yeah. during his NSF days. Yeah. Mm. So they will wheel in this person who's uh, clearly something's wrong with him is about mm. to turn into a zombie and I basically get called to do my duty as a medic but yeah. To give him CPR, <laughs> to like, give right? him to CPR, give CPR yeah. and I, I basically messed that whole thing up because I don't remember anything because you know, I'm a lame reservist fella that just yeah. forgot everything. Ah, huh? mm. then I get bit in my neck and I turn into a zombie. Oh shit! That's it. That, that's all it is. Like so you had the, one scene, the full zombie. Yeah, like makeup, oh, bro, and like wear the yeah. lens and everything, like oh. full on special effects uh, makeup. I see, I see, I see. It was interesting, bro. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. They killed that. Actually. And then I remember talking to uh, Raja basically. He is a very like I think you'll come across over the podcast that you are fucking positive lah, right? There's a <laughs> there's a there's a silver lining to everything that happens in your life. And I remember on set when we were waiting, things were getting delayed, and you were still so positive. And I was like, dude, what? How old are you? And you mm. told me what you were 22. 22. Yeah. 22. And I was like, what the fuck? You sound like someone who's been through two world wars, <laughs> made it alive, and like survived it, every it, obstacle. But you were complaining a lot or something. No, like, la, I, was, I was not as positive as him. I uh, understand, understand. Now I understand <laughs> why you all started like, talking. <laughs> Probably you had to console him, right? Because he was making no, it fuss, right? No, not really. La. We, 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 we had great conversations. Yeah, right? it was fucking great, man. Because yeah. there was, I mean, because there were action scenes and all, there were time in between the scenes. La. Uh, mm. And then I was thinking, you like, like a Singapore DJ Khaled, like that because you were mm. always like you know the sun the is so time. great today and like the sweat running down my back shows I'm <laughs> vital my organs are working inside and then I was like wow shit this guy <laughs> somewhat along those lines yeah but yeah. That, but I mean then since then you know like um, like just seeing you put out those these these music videos and get mm. more and more traction wow it's been awesome that's what two 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 plus years ago and right now yeah. you had your latest single Spice Boy yes Spice Boy you just launched your merch line yeah, my own clothing brand. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and yeah. So so like uh, after Zombie Pura, like it was just what you just said. You're gonna create music. Just just keep keep grinding away at it. Or yeah, bro, it was, it was uh one of the first crossroads in mm. my life because mm. I started acting mm. when I was 13, bro. You mm. know, I was like, one of those child actors mm. with big dreams. You know, oh, mama, to become mama, an actor. To become yeah, an to actor. become like a great actor, like a, a popular a mm. actor that Singapore can claim and be proud of. You know, like mm. those were my dreams and my goals as a, as a youngin, as a young child actor, right? Yeah. So I started at 13 and I was walking that path for about seven, eight years. Zombie Pura being the last leg, uh, the, the last uh, project mm. in that entire part of my life. Mm. But around that period of time, I started to realize that I'm basically walking around in circles. Uh, because if they're not going to write enough scripts with uh, Tamil Fella as a lead actor, mm. if there's not going to be enough opportunities for me to go out there and do the kind of roles that can potentially change the game and bring me closer to my dreams and all, right? Mm. Then what's the point? I mean, I was feeling resentment with whatever path that I had chosen to walk yeah, on, right? Yeah. Eight years was like, wow. Eight years is long, actually. Eight years yeah. is long, yeah. right, long. bro? So In Singapore, it, especially, it's them yeah. long. Yeah. So it dawned on me la, that if I was re- for real about these dreams, mm. it's going to be a, a, a tough uphill Wait, just, but battle. Just to, just to pick a little bit, that means yeah. those eight years, you were independently like, auditioning, yeah, bro, emailing, like, sending resumes, yes, nothing. Bro, there used to be this website called aadb.com, right? mm, oh, yeah, Asian yeah, Actors mm, Database. Mm, yeah. I used to be that kid that's on the way to school checking the casting calls every oh, morning. Shit. Really? Yeah, but oh. all the roles were like, oh yeah, um, uh, y- uh, young teenage male Indian funny. Mm. Like, that, that's mm. the casting criteria. You know what I mean? Mm. It's not like mm. 
detailed like oh the role this the character mm. that we're going to audition is that was all crime watch is it for crime watch yeah i did crime watch like twice <laughs> oh, you yeah did i did i did crime watch bro like you name it up bro i did a boys to men 3 i did like if if there was a role where they needed a tamlan fella i was probably that guy like uh, oh, but a boys to men 3 is quite big right? it's not it's it quite big but yeah. i was just at the back bro like oh, i mean okay, I had, like okay. one line it's, it's not like big like yeah, i yeah. i thought it was going to be a game changer for me i mean it, it was it was value adding in many ways but mm. But where what I was envisioning for me to be or for for my future to look like as yeah. an actor or as an aspiring actor, a lot of things didn't align. So Got it. at Zombie Pura, that was like me kind of coming to terms with the fact that I cannot continue in this path. Really? I have yeah. To, yeah, I cannot continue in this path. I will be deeply dissatisfied with my life if I just blindly keep walking up. Yeah. So I had to re-strategize certain things, and that was when my my best buddy Faris he was like, "Bro, let's just rap, ah, bro. Like, let's just try." Ah, But had you mm. uh, always been rapping, or had or music always been a part of your? Yeah, I've been a huge fan of hip hop like for the longest time. Mm. And I when I was in Poly, I used to record like covers of my favorite rap songs, mm. post them on SoundCloud just for my friends to hear mm. for fun. Like I would do that for fun, bro. And it was mm. hours of of my time, you know, after school, yeah. coming back home, recording with my iPhone mic and all that. That means you had you had like a notebook, a notebook or something. You write down raps yeah. and and everything. Yeah, no. At that time, I hadn't I hadn't uh, oh, started writing just, oh, original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was covers, but oh, I see, but I see. knew that the interest was there. Like there mm. was a passion that I felt for rap music. Mm, and as my best friend, like Faris, was able to see that from a mile away. He was like, "Bro, why are you why are you so hell bent at wanting to become an actor? Mm. Like you are you are trying so hard to become an actor. Like why not you just give this a shot? Like." You have this within you, man. Like, just mm-hmm. try uh, a bit, a yeah. little bit. Give this a shot, a little bit. Like, just do it with me. Yeah. Let's do it together. Let's see where that goes. Was it was it just by chance that you guys were pals or what? We met during Our Boys to Men, bro. Ah, uh, uh, so oh, Faris was in Our Boys to Men. Yeah. In that way, Our Boys to Men is like also like also a big game changer for you, lah. Right? Yeah. Now that I look back. And it brought you from being up, boys to men, bro. Yeah, It's yeah. Full circle. The dudes. Stand up yeah, for bro, me, I mean, <laughs> Although, although our boys to men wasn't what I thought it would be for me mm. in, in in terms of my acting career, yeah, like what okay. it would do for me. Um, I'm very grateful for it because if it wasn't for Jenio and his production and our boys to men mm. and for casting me in the movie, I wouldn't have met Faris. And if I yeah. hadn't met Faris, I wouldn't have become a rapper. Like facts, I wow. would have still been on that, like resentful path of trying to become this actor guy walking around in circles you're looking at it unhappy like, you're looking at it come on man he looks he looks happy with his life man <laughs> who's, who's the guy behind that huh huh look at that basket he made no point here so I'm the one that pulled him into this shit that's why I feel guilty I feel guilty you know like I'm you know, the Farish Jabba for him like, but I'm the other reverse like, I brought him down you know into <laughs> that path you're talking about The resentful, yeah, actor, the resentful actor. Then the resentful actor meets the bright spark on a set, uh, Yeah. Right. right exactly. And he's like the sliding doors, like <laughs> you know. Yeah. I was, I was going to be what you were going to become in eight years if you didn't wow. change path. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bro, just kidding, Fuck just kidding. Like Harish is, Harish is an excellent actor. Uh, now no, in fact, in fact, in fact, um, we were all at the same. Uh, what Asian Academy Awards? Yeah, show bro. Together. Did we get to? Did we get to talk? Like I, no, I don't think, remember. No, no. We, you we were, didn't get you to. You were shepherded away because you won the prize, right? That's right. We but met we in were, the green room. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we yeah, met, yeah, we met in the green room. It was rather brief, right? Yeah, like rather brief. Rather brief. Because properly. the green room has this very interesting dynamic of like mm. people getting ready and yeah, and it's just it was it was mind blowing for me. Like I just enjoyed <laughs> observing. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but one thing I remember from that night was 
the look on your face uh, when you went on stage to collect your prize. Uh, yeah. It had this like, oh my God. Like, you know, you, you always hear the, oh my God, I can't believe it. You know? But your face really had that, oh my God, I <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here, but this is fantastic. You know? Yeah, bro. How were you feeling when you yeah, were collecting bro, it's, that prize? It's so mad, bro. Because you got to know that I, I, it's like things coming full circle and, and, yeah. I, and I get reminded. It's like God is reminding that I'm on the right path. And I, mm. you know, like you mentioned, I've always had a pre- pretty positive disposition with, on life, you know. Mm. But uh, I always am aligned with the science that I see, you know, mm. whether it's the unseen forces of the universe or whether it's God or whatever mm. it is that you believe in. Mm. Anything that happens, if it's like a reminder for me, I take it in as that and mm. it it is like game changing. It's like mind blowing for me, you know. Mm. So that, winning that award was... Yeah was a reminder that I was not expecting because that was for a show yeah. that I hosted, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It was UMTV, exactly. UMTV Raps, right? It was yeah. a UMTV Raps Asia and so, they got so, me to host. So this was the Asian Creative Academy Awards 2019. 2019. And it was for Yo Raps. Yo and, MTV and what was Raps. the show and about? I, it was a, it was, it's an iconic uh, hip-hop yeah. rap show mm. from the 90s, from America. Mm. They brought it back again, but they brought it back to MTV Asia. Mm. And I was the host. I was one of the hosts. And I'm a rapper, bro. Like, why, why did they even... I don't even know why they got me to host this thing. First mm. of all, I don't even know how the opportunity came and crossed my path. Mm. But it just did. Like, mm. I think one of the MTV producers, they were like, oh, this guy has pink hair. I like him. Like, let's mm. let's mm. get him to do this. It, it was one of those random, like, what? Were like, you casted yeah. immediately or you had to audition or... I didn't have to audition. Nothing, bro. Oh, nothing. Like, nothing, straight, away uh, we, oh. straight away, they were like, you know what? I like this guy. I like his I like his vibe on Instagram. Like, let's put him on a show. And I did the pilot. And then the pilot got picked up. We did a season one. Mm, and yeah. the next thing you know, I'm on Asian Academy Awards. And you like, won for best presenter. Best presenter. Best presenter. Mm. So, it, it was like a reminder because when I was in NS, I was in MDC, uh, Music and Drama uh, Company. And uh, my job there, bro, as an NSF was to be an MC. Uh, I was an MC, bro. Like, just microphone, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. host. Correct, correct. Little did I know that whatever I learned during my NS, like, just creeped into my life now mm. in ways that I wasn't aware of. Mm. So when I was doing UMTV raps, I guess some of the things that I learned during MDC was I was able to apply it there mm. and do 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 a job uh, the kind of job that they're happy with mm. yeah. to the point where it led to winning this award I'm just like yo so when you so went wild. up so when you went up on stage and said you didn't prepare a speech and all that was for real like, for real for, just... for real I, I, I had no idea what to say <laughs> I had not received an award of that stature so I'm just like yo listen guys uh, this is why I don't know what I don't even know what I said bro but uh-huh. I was just ecstatic and it was a reminder that everything in life happens for a reason and you never mm. really know when it's gonna come and like show itself to you you know mm-hmm, like yeah. this one thing that you learned this one lesson you learned in 2005 yeah you'll be applying it in 2019 when some other thing happens and then you don't even realize that that is connected to this mm, but then yeah. when you detach and like look at it from a external point of view you're like damn that was funny how life works man mysterious yeah. how it works. so in that sense ah uh, that's why it was so mind-blowing for me but, here but i am is that was there uh because because the stuff of like what you're hearing is like a lot of this um, almost like you're willing it to happen via the universe. La. But was there yeah. a part of you that's like, okay, young Raja, young Raja, they're going to call my name, they're going to call my name. Or is it really you're just like, you know, just whatever happens, whatever happens? Nah, bro, it's like, I mean, I did, I did I hear people telling me that, oh, bro, like, 
just be prepared like oh, you know you could okay, okay. very well just win but i was just like ah, no yeah, yeah, way yeah. bro like i'm not a presenter i'm a rapper like mm. it's just something that i did on the side like yeah. i hosted the show but that was it sure, there sure. are people out there that are doing this full time like i'm sure they would win yeah i'm sure it's these fellas that would yeah why would they choose me i'm a new guy i'm the yeah. new guy here right mm. so i walked in with that mentality but nonetheless being grateful that i was even invited or even nominated mm. so i was already in that room you know walking down that carpet and i'm like damn this is so dope sir. this yeah, is yeah. i'm wearing head to toe gucci and i'm like oh like like i i was realizing the dreams that i had as a child yeah, yeah. even though the dreams were i want to be this big actor what that entailed was I want to be this big star lah right mm. but the art form has changed from acting to rapping and mm. the sights and the sounds and the the environment that I was experiencing that I was a part of was very much in line with what I was dreaming of as a child wow. so mm. that being said I was already happy to be there bro like as a nominee like fuck winning bro like I don't care like, wow. like I'm there sitting down like in front of these people and they mentioning my name yeah it's like wow bro so, like I wouldn't have dreamed of this bro I'm a Tamil fella bro first gen Singaporean <laughs> family moved from South India to Singapore like so like, where's the where's the award now in your house is in my house at the shelf I oh, put it sure. just a little shelf okay, yeah. but but if uh, you trace back there. um you know to to your youth and everything yeah where do you think your I I don't want to just call it positivity because there's almost like a the gift you know the gift that kind of like willing your mm. success into the life secret, the, secret, sorry, <laughs> the, the, the secret the secret the secret the secret the secret yeah there's almost that the kind of I'm feeling almost that kind of vibe from mm. you where do you think it, where do you think you learned that or when your when your past was there like a pivotal moment where this was like you felt like this was the way you're going to live your life and everything when I learned about perspective bro okay yeah this was around when I was in, when I was in NS when I was in MDC mm you know sometime around the time where i was feeling resentful about acting and where mm. i was but i had a major perspective shift with mm. how i saw the world and how i saw my life and it was sometime around that time frame where i learned about this quote that said something like the land of discovery doesn't lie in discovering new lands mm. i may be mm. saying this wrong but bear with me here the land of discovery may not be in discovering new lands but seeing with new eyes mm. right something along those lines i forgot what's the exact wording but that sh- shifted a lot of the things for me i started to look at my life and look at all these little little things mm. that i used to want so badly bro mm. for example when i was in mdc like i was getting unhappy about the fact that they were giving me all this stuff to do mm. as an nsf but when i was 15 years old when i was in sec 3 I was talking to Elric Tay, I don't know who mm. I was talking to on set of some shoot for Channel 5 or what. Mm. Asking this person, how do I get to MDC? Uh, Because mm, when, yes. I, when I when I when it's my turn to go to NS, I don't want to be in a jungle with a gun. Mm. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to be focusing on my craft, my passion. Yeah. I want to go into MDC. So the thought started when I was 15, bro, mm. and manifest 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 a line on that line. So now I was already in MDC feeling unhappy about some dumb ass shit, mm. but I had to remind myself like, "Oh, wait, wait, wait." Wait, wait, wait. Pause yeah. a bit. This is exactly what I wanted, sir. How can I allow myself to feel resentment when this is totally what I wish for? Mm. So there was this one moment where this realization hit me. And it wasn't just MDC, bro. It yeah. was so many other things that was right in front of my eyes. Mm. Things that I would definitely consider blessings and things that I don't want to take for granted, bro. Yeah. Crazy yeah. or what? Why would I take this for granted when I know for a fact Five years ago, six years ago, I would have 
I would have died for this. Mm. You know, I would have done whatever it takes for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was yeah. desperate for this. Like, I think about it every day. I dream yeah. about it every day. I talk about it to my friends every fucking day, bro. Yeah. And then here, here I am going through the daily struggles that that is in the very micro headspace of like what I have to do and getting caught up in the motion of things. Mm. But when that perspective came, mm. it shook up my reality in ways that I wasn't expecting. Wow. And then with that perspective change came the idea of gratitude. Mm. I started started to learn about what gratitude means and what people do to practice that and yeah. what it does to people that practice that, you know? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. So it was cu- these two things coupled that happened sometime at the age of 21. But there was no, there was no moment in particular or or event that caused I think, that shift. I think I watched The Secret, mm. right? Oh, I was, the documentary. Yeah, no, yeah the documentary ah, on mm. Netflix. Oh, I, no, I think I was reading the book mm. and I was introduced to the concept of law of attraction, mm. the power of thought, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, 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 the magnetism aspect of your thoughts mm. and the energy that you put out in this world, uh, manifestation, uh, the the vibrations of your feelings yeah. and um, willing uh, your reality into existence mm. and like I mean these were abstract at that time and of yeah. course I, I know I come from a pretty staunch like Indian Muslim family so it's like these are very abstractly spiritual so I don't not sure what this is but I was exposed to it and I knew there was something there yeah yeah so I started writing things down and then shortly after that I got this book called The Power of Gratitude. Oh, wow. I think so. I think it was called Power of Gratitude. It's a small mm. handbook, like it's a little light blue in color mm. handbook, right? And it talks about the scientific aspect of what practicing gratitude does to your psychology, bro. Mm. Mm. And it was so profound because here, are, here I am trying to understand what the secret was talking about. Mm. What these fellas are saying when they say yeah. law of attraction, what yeah, your yeah. thoughts. And then here is an actual physical proof almost yeah. a, a step-by-step guide on yeah. what it means mm. to feel grateful for the blessings that you have mm-hmm. feel grateful for the life that you have yeah. and just see the world in a manner that allows you to be the best possible version that you wow. can potentially be wow. mm. i really 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 hope like uh there are creative people listening to this who you know because in the last year mm. we've seen so many freelancers and creative people leave the industry yeah Cause they're like you know I can't you know I can't the reality of things hit yeah. and all that, but at the same time I think uh what you just mentioned about um perspective and yeah. and, and recognizing that you would in a in a you know previous life you have killed to be doing what you were doing at that exactly. point in time right exactly I think that's what a lot of people you know they lost a the perspective especially during COVID like, you know yeah. COVID was a very tough time for everyone so a lot of people left the industry basically dumped survival whatever. bro yeah. survival already lah right? mm. yeah they just need mm. to find a, I mean I, I thought uh, to, to me if anyone survived last year that's a victory in itself yep. already you know 100% so, so I'm like I, I guess in some way you're also probably also thankful that you experienced this at when you were younger yeah. such that you could you know your 20s became your roaring 20s lah, right yeah. like shit really started bro. happening yes because but, I, I don't think my teenage years were aligning with my friends mm, you know they were they probably saw me as some crazy fella that is just so were you always like, because, you know, you were in your, what, 1920 and reading The Secret and The Power of Gratitude. Mm, mm. How come not, not reading Harry Potter or whatever, that kind of stuff? Was, so so was it, were you always the person who, even your friends would say, oh, Raja, Rajit, I mean, 
just thinking different, exploring different things compared to they, your friends. They never made that vocal, but mm. it was clear that we are not in the same frequency. Uh. Mm. We're not in the same, uh, like the headspace. It was clear. How so? From secondary school all the way to poly uh. years. What I was talking about, thinking about my outlook on life and career and success, um, the kind of conversations that I would want to have with my friends on a day-to-day the kind of content that I consume, the kind of yeah. things I say mm. were, were all indicating towards the fact that uh, I am definitely operating differently mm. than my friends at that age. Mm. My friends just want to go to school, fuck around, like, you know, do their exam or whatever it is yeah, yeah, yeah. and bounce, right? Yeah. But I got into poly because I wanted to become an actor. Like I wanted to learn about mm. the industry so that when I become an actor, I understand how the camera works, what the, what this guy had to do, like understand yeah. how the game works, bro. Mm. I got into MDC, uh, sorry, not MDC, uh, Mascom, sorry. Yeah. Mascom at Poly. I got into Mascom with my showreel, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like I went for the audition, uh, the interview, JPIC interview. Mm. And I had a showreel ready to show these guys that I was serious about learning about the world of media and mm. Mascom and all that. So my headspace was, was different from the time I was like 14, 15. Mm. so although my friends didn't really understand where I was coming from and I think they weren't able to vocalize the differences as well mm. but there was always a dissonance so but I always felt like these fellas don't get me uh. these fellas don't understand where I'm coming from like I used to go for auditions and yeah. shoots yeah. before and after school bro like you know what I mean trying mm. to balance it like finish lecture straight run for shoot do overnight shoot go lecture 9am mm. go shoot in Batam so pick the ferry so your friends probably thought you were nuts lah I I believe so. I mean, of mm. course, I had my one or two really good friends. Like shout out to yeah. Oliver, like this one of my best buddies from Poly. Mm. He understood my passion. He understood that I had big dreams, mm. and he understood that I was willing to make sacrifices for it. And mm. the majority of the people were looking at me and thinking like, "Well, this fellow full of shit, ah, huh? mm. full of shit, ah. Huh? This guy going around telling people that he's going to be this guy one day, mm. that guy one day." Because I used to go around secondary school telling people that I'm going to win an Oscar one day. Mm. I'm going to be the first Tamil leveler to win an Oscar. With mm. I have like I had one line, bro, on a TV show called Fighting Spiders when I was yeah, fourteen years old. Mm. Next day I go to school, I'm like, guys, <laughs> this is it, uh, like this is the this is the path I'm gonna walk. <laughs> you're looking at a star, like you're looking at the the next biggest whatever, you know? Like uh, I used yeah. to say shit like that, mm. and people didn't like that, lah, bro. People uh, were like, ah, well, fuck you, lah, bro. Fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know how. To, I didn't know what I was doing. I mm. was just so in it, and as I was growing older, but towards poly years, army years. I started to realize like, okay, that's not how I should present myself to the world. That's not how I should mm. behave. And, you know, how I, I didn't realize how I was coming across to people, you know. Mm. So with the help of Faris and all the, the, the people that were around me, my support systems, I was able to tweak my, my behaviors and the, tweak the way that I present myself to the world. Uh. Yeah. Mm, you know, yeah. that was a learning process. Yeah. But for as long as I can remember, uh, bro, I've been this guy. Mm. Really? Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, one thing that I find so interesting is because um, I, I, you, you rarely meet people who know from a young age what they want to do. Mm. Like even Terrence and I, we got into media when I was 30 and he was 32. No? That wow. was when we got into media and we yeah. look at all these YouTubers, we're like, oh shit, we are old as fuck. Right? Yeah. So you're saying that from 13, 14, you already knew you wanted to be an actor. Mm. How, how far back did that thought like at what point do you even remember how and what 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 about acting drew you so much when i was five i started watching rajnikan movies mm. i don't know whether you guys know who rajnikan is you know Raj- rajnikan superstar rajnikan he's, the... he's like amita bachchan you know amita bachchan but no, he's of... the eminem the one that looks like eminem no no he does not look like eminem who the fuck looks like eminem he got he got it twisted bro <laughs> no 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 from got... um 
Is there any show he's, that big big movie that he, he No, he's, so many he's the king of Hollywood, like he's okay, the king okay, I know, of Hollywood. I know, I know, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's know, he's, he's really Rex to Richard. I'm sure I watched Rex I don't think there's any other actor that has the 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 impact and influence mm. and power over his fans right like mm. Rajinikanth does even more so than Amitabh Bachchan I think so lah bro I may uh, be wrong here yeah. I don't want people to like <laughs> say well, shit yeah, yeah, Amitabh Bachchan yeah. Ami, yeah. but as far as I know bro yeah. there's a Netflix documentary called The Love of a Man mm. go check it out it was mm. an indie documentary that they made about the effect Rajinikanth has on his fans mm. they even call it Rajinism bro like you won't believe the shit that people would do for mm. this man bro mm. it's ridiculous so i was exposed to his star power his star mm. effect from the time i was five years old so and i used to watch his films star. he was already, he was already at the peak of his game at that time yeah, when i was yeah, growing up yeah so i would watch his films like every day bro like i wouldn't eat mm. like my mom would try to feed me i wouldn't eat mm. i would tell her to play uh or arunachalam like whatever films that we had on cassette so she would play that shit every day So I would watch and I'll eat. And the thing about him, right, bro, is a Mac. He's not like the most handsome fella. Mm. It's not the most like Jacked you know, or anything, you know yeah. nah, he's bro. He's just a, a, a Tamil Tamil guy, like Tamil yeah. fella, bro. Yeah. Like, but what is so cool about him is he has a style that nobody can touch. Mm. He he has fans across all generations, bro. Like all age groups, mm. across generations, right? And he was, bro, not just across generations, across. Countries. He has fans in Japan. Mm. He has, he has like what what do they call it? Fan uh, the communities like fandom, groups, uh, fandom, uh. right? They they have. He has a Japanese uh, fandom. He has across the world. Mm. And how he was able to amass that kind of a attraction or like amass that kind of following, right? The the number one thing that is Rajinikanth's USP, I would say, is mm. his style. He would do things that nobody else can do. He would flip a cigarette like this, and then he would catch mm. it in his mouth. He'll take the. I don't know whether you've seen in my videos where I yeah. flip the glasses like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's his move. That's all the. Uh, that's, all, that's his move. Mm. See the way he walks in a slow mo. The way he puts the shawl on his shoulder. There's little little things that he that he does right. That mm. is uniquely him, and people die for it. People would die for it. Mm, mm. So this is was five year old you being five year old me being exposed to that. Me mimicking him. Me mm. trying to like. Bro, I've been practicing that glass move my whole life, bro. Yeah. <laughs> my whole life since as as young as six, seven years old. So my uh, mom has seen that yeah. side of me, and I would always, you know, I'm the youngest in the family. My yeah. sisters are way older than me, and my grandma, mom, mm. everybody's like looking at me as this baby yeah. of the family, and I'm getting. All the love and attention yeah. that I could possibly get, and I'm the only son. You know how it is, Indian family, yeah. only son, right? So I was basically the, the champion, prince, uh, champion, uh, bro. Uh, champion. champion. Not only am I the last child, <laughs> I'm the only son, and my parents and my sisters are way older. So mm. the kind of affection that I'm getting is like singular. Mm. Everybody yeah, yeah. is giving a lot of shit about me mm. every day, right? Mm. So. That led to me being the center of attention most of the mm. time. I would like do certain things, be the entertainer of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, mimic Rajinikanth, like speak like Rajinikanth, tr- try to pretend fighting like him with my sisters. Mm. That was my childhood. Mm. And then when I was 13, the TV was on Channel Five. There was a mm. broadcast. We are doing a mass casting call for Fighting Spiders. Now uh. my mom was like, "Son, you should go for this." Oh really? And my sister brought me. It was an open casting call. It was like about over eight hundred people, nine hundred people that came for this at Marina Square. Yeah. And I think I don't I don't exactly remember who the judges were, but it was famous folks like Gamit Singh, mm. uh, maybe mm. Suhaimi, so or maybe mm. Mark Lee, mm. four or five fellas, lah, bro. Yeah. From Mediacorp. 
and they were the judges. Mm. And out of the 800, 900 people that came across all age groups and across, it was open casting call. They chose 10 mm. fellas. Mm. I was one of the 10. Mm. And that was the start. Because it was the first time I, f- I felt that sense of validation. It's like, wow, people are telling me that I'm good at this. Yeah. Mm. This reminds me of my childhood when my sisters and my mom and my dad used to pour love and affection and and like, like look at me, mom, look at me. Yeah. Mm. Oh, son, okay, you're nice, son. You know what I mean? Oh, but, but so, so you're, uh, I actually wanted to ask you, mm. so family-wise, mm. there was support from day one to like day pursue one, this. Wow. Day one. But they also were very smart in the way that they pushed me in the direction, right? They didn't mm. just say, oh, son, do what, do this, you'll be great at this. They didn't just mm. say that. Mm. They said, son, do this, you'll be mm. great at this, but don't forget that you have some responsibilities as the only son. Mm. As ah, the okay. only son, yeah. you have to take care of the parents. Yeah. The sisters will be married off, you know, they have their own families. Mm. But from uh, like 11, 10, 11 years old, my dad told me, like, you can do whatever you love, son. Anything mm. you love. But just make sure that you're successful at it. Uh. Mm. So you don't really have much room for failure. Uh. Yeah. Mm. But as subtle as he can slide it in, he told me that already. So that kind of framed my head. And plus they're elderly folks. So in my head, right, I'm like, what's your right? That means I need to find success in something that I love. Mm. And I need to make sure that I'm so bloody good that it doesn't take 15, 20 years for me to make it. Mm. It must take as short of a time possible, but not... Yeah trying to take no fucking shortcuts not trying mm. to like you know go viral overnight go viral overnight or yeah, like yeah, pull yeah. a fast one none of that like build the foundation right and yeah. approach it in the right uh, an honest manner mm. right mm. an ethical manner yeah. but how can I be successful as as fast as young as possible so that I can take care of my parents while not hating my life mm. these were questions that were running in my mind like since I was 11, 12 then when 14, 13 years old, my mom asked me to go for audition and I got selected for it, right? It was like, wow, the first sense of validation was like, okay. That, that was means your first audition. La. First audition ever, right? First audition so ever. So when I got selected, it was the first time I knew that this could be it. Mm. Like that means I'm not crazy mm. for thinking what I think. Yeah, yeah. This could be it. I mean, although it was one line on Spartan Spiders, I will never still get forget mic'd that. Up, yeah, bro, that, I right? was mic'd up, bro. There was a bunch <laughs> of kids that came for the show, but di- director Glenn Chan, like shout out to him. He gave huh. me that line. He was like, you, you say this line. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? It could have been anybody. Yeah. But that was like one of the best moments, bro. Because I felt like at the, like the top of the world, bro. You know? Mm. Although it was one line. Yeah. So I've, I've spent the last eight years trying to understand why I felt that way. Mm. You know? Well, 11 years old, he started thinking support yes, yeah. parents, pursue passion. <laughs> yeah. I think I need 31 years old that I start thinking on that. Nah. Bro, but, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but shout out to my parents, uh, bro, because uh. they, were, they were elderly folks by the time I came around. Mm, my mom uh, was almost 40, yeah. my dad was almost 50. Yeah. No, no, I'm, wise, I'm, they were I'm, wise folks, you know what I mean? I'm they, a new dad and uh-huh. I'm, I actually subscribe to what your dad is saying. Like, oh, bro. Do what you want, yeah. but be the fucking best at it. Like, mm. like even if you want to be like, you know, a bad person, mm. be the worst person in the world. Like, you know, be mm. like, you know, do something really terrible. You, you, that's <laughs> what you're telling your son, is it? No, la, I mean, obviously, I want him <laughs> to do that. If you want to be but bad, be the biggest fucking asshole. In I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we have a real living example of someone who actually pursued that advice yeah. and got there and yeah. is, is here to tell us. And so, it can still be so positive about it. Huh? So so then, like, like what what, do you, what is your, your, your... Is anyone else in your family in entertainment or media? No. No, no you're the only oh, one. Yeah. But my, my dad is a poet. 
and he's uh, mm. he's been an artist. He's, he paints, mm. so he has that artist blood in him that he never really got a chance to explore at his younger days. You know, mm. he chose a life that was the most sensible at that time mm. in Tamil Nadu. At that in that year, 1970s, mm. became a professor, pursued academia, came mm. to Singapore, became a tuition teacher. Mm. Uh, mom is a housewife. Sisters all teaching, teachers, oh, government really? jobs, like very safe. Mm. You know, so the, so the whole idea of Go live your dreams. We're not in my household because before me, my sisters got the the short end of the stick, man. Because mm. they struggled with my family. You know what I mean? When they moved to Singapore, mm. the difficult years. My my sisters had to go through that. Oh, your sisters were born in all India. of them born in India. All oh. of them born. Oh, so you're the only one born in Singapore, yes, bro. So by the time uh. they came here, they settled down, and I came around. Right, it was like the better part of the family, the life of the family already. Mm. Yes, yes. The better time frame already. Yeah. Before me was the shit. After yeah. me was like, okay, we kind of got some, some stability, stability now. Then. So the environment that I grew up in was honed for my the, the honed for the best kind of childhood that I could possibly have, lah. Mm. So I had the best version of my mom. I yeah. got to experience the best version of my dad. I got to experience the best versions of my sisters, my grandma. Mm. So it was full of love, lah, bro. It was like very, um, like it was very uh, nurturing, very mm. nurturing. So, so during, during those eight years when you say you know you were growing resentful yeah. and not getting the opportunities, mm. how what was that dynamic like? Because here you are, your parents were kind of encouraging, nurturing, yeah. but you were not getting the success you wanted. Yeah. So what was what what was that? Do you ever think like fuck? I I can't. Before that eight year mark where you decided to do mm. music, were mm. there points where you're like, you know what? I should just do something more conventional. No. Just, no. Never uh, once. Never, never once. once. It was almost like blind faith, bro. Mm. It was blind faith. And the blind faith continued all the way until I had to be real with myself mm. and understand that it's not a me issue. Mm. It might just be a place issue. Mm. You know? Because I'm not saying this like in any kind of animosity or like coming from any bad malice, malicious place or what. But I realized that all the auditions that I was getting exposed to or like getting mm. notified about were just not the kind of roles that I had in mind. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah. You know? But how could it be that for eight years, I don't come across a single audition or casting call or single opportunity? Okay, not mm. single, but like uh, enough substantial amount of opportunities yeah. for us to shine, bro. Mm. I mean, for us to come through and do what we have been blessed with, you know? Mm -hmm. so, so I started to be like, oh, okay. So, because prior to that thinking, I was like, Gotta go, gotta fucking grind, 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 grind. Mm. But how much you wanna grind? Like, mm. there's only X amount of auditions you can go for. And yeah. out of the X amount of auditions, with 10 auditions, I, I get two roles, mm. right? I, I rinse and repeat for how long, bro? Mm. You know what I mean? Do I grind all the way until I get that one role in Netflix mm. or some major fucking break? I mean, that's how it usually is, right? Mm. Yeah. But I felt like my time was sticking already. My mm. parents are getting old. I'm like about to finish NS. You know what I mean? Like, I cannot fuck around and just like, think of myself and my own dreams I need to do something that I still feel passionate about but something that can help me realize the goals and dreams that I have uh. and it was in that hate space but I, di I didn't know I was going to do music yeah. you got to keep in yeah. mind you got to know that I wasn't thinking of anything else yep. I yep. was feeling these things about my place in life about mm. acting about my passions like very like wow like is this it like how could yeah. it be Zah? like like I'm so I'm so fucking ready like I'm dedicated I'm, I'm hard working like how is this not Working mm, out. Mm. Then Faris was like, bro. Try music. Try music. 
Just so, try, yeah. So, so God used, I believe yeah. that God used him as a vessel to bring this piece of information to me. Mm, and I wow. believe that God does that. God does, God uses people as his instruments and his vessels. Mm, whether yeah, it's God or the higher power, the unseen forces, whatever it is you believe in. Lah. But at that moment in time, Faris was the vessel mm. to show me this new path that I would never consider. Mm. So so when you, the first musical piece that you all recorded together was more better. More better, yeah. So when you had that finished piece before you uploaded it, mm-hmm. because by then, I'm guessing your following on Twitter was not the greatest, right? No, Same with Faris. Yeah. So was... when you saw that end product, right, mm-hmm. were you like, fuck, this is fire, bro. This is going to go, this is going to go viral or... We, we didn't really have expectations. Uh, Faris at that mm-hmm. time posted a video of mm-hmm. himself, just himself rapping. Mm-hmm. And it went viral, bro. Started trending in Singapore, Malaysia. And then he then he looked at me and he said, bro, you should... But he, this is after he said, bro, you should rap. And then I was already trying to make raps. Go to the studio with a producer. Yeah, yeah. With, and writing your own songs. Writing my own songs. Started already. The, pro, started the journey already. had already started for like a few months. Lah, maybe three, four months. This was in 2017. 2017. 2017. Okay. June, I had my first session with a producer. This was around o- September, October when Faris said, bro, like let's record a video mm-hmm. and post it up. Because he had already posted a video and went viral, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bro, I think it'd be quite cool if you rap in Tamil and English, and then I rap in Malay and English, and we give our own flavor as Singaporeans. And since we're best friends, like people can people can fake chemistry, bro. You know? mm. Chemistry is one of those things where either you have it or you don't, right? Sure, but we sure. we have that. We good friends, best friends for how long already? So yeah. let's just post a rap video, lah, bro. Like cool or what? But we didn't post it with any expectations, lah. But sure enough, like after three hours, it was trending in Singapore and Malaysia, and it was like wow. everybody was like, oh my god, like. Who, is this, who are these two new guys? Because yeah. mm. it clicked. Suddenly they're like, oh, this fella is his friend. Mm. This guy is his friend. They're friends. What? And yeah. you were already known as Young. You already had your Young I was Raja. Uh, MC Raja at that time. MC Raja. I didn't have the name Young Raja then. MC Raja. I was uh, kind of... I wasn't putting on any music or anything, but I was actively in the clubs. Mm. I was I was putting myself out there lah. What do you mean in the club like MCing? Oh, MCing. Yeah. Mm. So the yes. MCing like the E M C E or the rapping MCing? E M C E. Uh, but rapping MC. Rapping so the hip hop MC. What's E M Cing? The one like welcome, you know, welcome. uh, guest of honor. Oh, the like wedding, I did at your wedding, wedding lah. Oh, wedding MC. <laughs> but it's like. <laughs> It's like it's like a club lah. Who goes to a club? Welcome to Zoom. Welcome uh, to the hip hop night. Tonight we're going to be playing like the guest of honor tonight. Everybody, yeah. please rise. Right. Thanks, you can. We're making appearance. Of course, of course, it's the wedding. As you can tell, I wasn't much of a clubber. I wasn't much of a clubber. It's bro. I mean, it's it's somewhere aligned aligning with that. Uh, yeah. But it's the put your fucking hands up. Uh, Everybody, okay, okay. whatever. You know, it's the hype hype man. Yeah, yeah. So at that time, I had to come up with a stage name, and it was called yeah. MC Raja. Yeah, and then. That was the life that I had, lah, bro. That was me trying to put myself out there, mm. getting ready for the ORD life. Because uh, you got to keep oh, in mind, these were, were in NS. These were the MDC. tail end of my MDC years. Oh, okay, where okay, I'm okay. like starting to think of how can I, what kind of seeds of intentions can I plant now, mm-hmm. which would lead to fruits of my reality like five years later. Mm, yeah. I started to ask that question towards ORD date. Then I was like, you know what? Then Fires was like, okay, do music. Okay, okay, let me do music. If I'm going to do music, I'm not going to just stick to doing music. I'm going to be an MC at a club so that all the music guys, when they pull up to the clubs, I can meet mm. the right fellas, I can network with the right people. I'm putting myself in an environment that I'm sure, like, I'm sure I would brush shoulders with some fella that mm. could, you know, potentially work together with or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had that kind of a thinking, which ended up to be exactly right, bro. When I was MCing at these clubs, I met mm. pretty much like Jasper, 
Jasper, mm, my mm. guy that directs all my videos, I yeah. met him at Cherry. Mm. Me, my stylist, she's been styling me for all my videos. I met her at Cherry when I used to MC at Cherry. Mm. Shoria, my day one brother, bro. I would die for this guy. It's MO3. Yeah. We started MO3 together with Zeke, Shoria, Faris, and I. Shoria, I met him at Cherry. Mm. Bro, like a lot of groundbreaking, life changing events mm. have come from the MC days. Hey, sorry, mm. a boomer yes. question. Where's Cherry? What's, Cherry what's used Cherry? to used to be at a near Paragon there, behind Paragon. Paragon, Cherry. Beside, uh, beside Mount near China e, Black there or something, is it? China, China Black? <laughs> hey, there's China a China Black. Black, there's a club, right? China yes. Black? Bro, I'm not sure. What's the hospital Mount behind e, Mount Paragon? E. Yeah. Mount E. Mount E. Mount Orchard. Mount E. Orchard, right? Just go down the path. It used to be there last time. It used to be there. Oh, this is Shop House kind, is it? Yeah, 2017. Wow. Oh, 2017. So, so you. Uh, you damn cool, Harish. You don't know Cherry. Wow, you loud. Hey, you loud. just asked. <laughs> do you even know? <laughs> but bro, like, I've I've so many things to be grateful for, man. Like yeah. shout out to DJ Rattle, uh, DJ Fader. Um, so, so it was kind of like guys a, gave me the opportunity to like MC. But that means was Faris part of the scene already? Because to break into this sort of scene, you can't just rock up and show up, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we were Faris and I were, you know trying to figure out how we can kickstart. Yeah. So the dropping the freestyles that eventually started trending and all were the launch pad, so to speak. Then yeah. after that, you started doing the MCing and MCing all. MCing was simultaneously, simultaneously. Yes, yes, yes. like concurrently. Yeah. I'm working on music, putting it out there. I'm at the clubs, Fridays and Saturdays. Fires is with me. Like mm. our entourage is with us, getting fucked, like just having a good time. So, so when you wrote your first um, thing, did you find it surprisingly easy to write rap? No, bro, actually. Actually, the whole process of fine-tuning what my approach is going to be for rapping, mm. right? Mm. You can, anybody can be a rapper, bro. Like, yeah. that's facts. Like, mm. rapping is not difficult. Do you, you believe New it York? That, that we also have a rap song? 100, 100 <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but dude, fucking, no, it's no, just no, not yeah. a surprise. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Honestly, bro, honestly, the entry, the entry level, the barrier of entry for rapping uh. per se, it's not like, crazy bro like mm. if you want to be a Hollywood actor maybe you have to yeah. go train for X amount of years or months to get the technicalities right yeah. the art form right mm. before you you know act like Christoph Waltz or act like whoever lah right mm. the preparation mm. but for rapping although you need you need the preparation you need the technical knowledge and all but for you to make a rap song with the current standards that we have like and how rap has mm. evolved over the years, right? Yeah. The barrier of entry has become really low. And mm. one of the things that we got to give credit to is technology and internet, SoundCloud, mm. the fact mm. that you can buy a MacBook with Logic. Bro, mm. today, you can go to Simlin Square, buy everything that you need to become a rapper, to mm. become a musician. Mm. You can record a song in that day and upload it to the, to the cloud, the web, the same day. Mm. So... Anybody can become a star out of anywhere, right? Mm, mm. So this is like the new norm yeah. for that, that we have when it comes to the music world, the musicians, the, mm. the industry, the mm. music industry. Mm. So we were able to utilize that, bro. Social mm. media, put ourselves out there and see what happens. Mm. And that was uh, us rolling the marbles. Uh. But was, was um, I mean, what was this scene, like the rap scene in Singapore like at that time? I mean... Obviously, everyone knows Sugar Shay and all mm. that, uh, and I mean Sheikh Haikal before him and all. Yeah. But Shout what was him. the, what was it that inspired you to think that you know you could also you could rise above this? Uh, in fact, more than anything, because Singapore, bro, like didn't really have a very 
I, I mean, we're building it now, mm. but the mainstream music industry in Singapore is still at the infantile stage, mm. and that is because of many things coming together. Right, yeah. one thing, one of the most important things we got to talk about when it comes to Singapore's music scene is the fact that we don't have a diverse range of talents here. Mm. We don't have artists that are doing unique things, and a bunch of them. We have mm. a few. Lion City Boy, Shikushay, Shackle. On the pop side, we got you know used to have Sam Willows or yeah. Cesare or whoever, right? Yeah. But you can count with your fingers, right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. for you to have a scene, the number one thing you need to have a scene is a diverse group of artists, mm. right? If if you don't have a diverse group of artists, then you don't have a scene, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? You have uh, uh, what you could call maybe you could call it a scene lah, but it's not what it should be. Mm. You know, you go to America, you look at UK, you look at the mm. scene is filled with so many unique, different, a, a variety of talents, right? It mm. creates the scene. Mm. But we've never had that. But we've had independent artists, a lot of independent artists, mm. right? But when it comes to mainstream, right? Can count with two hands, bro. Only yeah. one hand. Mm. So because of the lack of mainstream talents that are pushing the Singapore sound on a mainstream level on all the radio stations and putting Singapore on a map, on a global map mm. and like putting the Singapore sound on a global map, there weren't many practitioners that were helping us to put the local sound on the map. Mm -hmm. And because of that, the scene has forever stayed in an infantile stage. And couple that with people saying, ah, Singapore no talent. Ah. Mm. Singapore no local talent. Ah. Fuck it, lah. look at K-pop. We, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we shall consume everything from America. We shall consume mm. everything from Korea. But Singapore no talent. Mm. You, you, you couple these two things together, you have a stagnant scene. Mm -hmm. People are afraid to take the first leap of faith. People are afraid to walk down this path because they think it's it's a it's a battle that you will lose mm. from the start. Mm. The odds are not in your favor. Mm. But then when I met Zeke, my guy, my brother, flight school, he's the guy that started the label Mo3 Records and signed me to his label. Mm. He had a strategy. He had a strategy to kind of help us maneuver in this uh, deep dark ocean. Yeah, you know, and his strategy worked out lah. Mm. You know, oh, what, what what was that strategy? The strategy was uh, essentially to to build a career, mm. you know, by not just by putting out hot songs, but simultaneously changing people's perspectives while you're putting out hot songs. Mm. So it cannot just be the kind of songs that the radios will be like, "Oh my god, we love it, we want to play mm. on our station." It cannot just be that. Yeah. It needs to concurrently and simultaneously let people know that there's local talents here that, that are good enough mm -hmm. for you to pay attention to, that are worthy of your attention. But even that sounds quite abstract. Like, like that, that, that could be the goal of anyone, right? But yeah. how do you actually, how does that influence the type of songs that you make? So the kind of songs that are hype, I mean, you, you heard Mustafa, my yeah, debut yeah, single. Yeah, yeah. It was a hype party record, bro. Mm. You don't have to be a, a fan of rap music for you to like that song. Mm. You could be just a, a casual music listener and you could like that song. Mm. So it was planned oh. for it to be that, mm. like for that to be my debut single. Mm. That is how we make an introduction. Guys, mm. Singapore, check out Young Raja, mm. his latest single, Mustafa. I see, I see. No matter what language you speak, no matter where you're from, if you listen to Mustafa, it has the kind of high intense energy. If yeah. you like music, if you like to go to festivals and clubs, it will move you. You would shake your head. You would. Yeah. Mm. You would remember it at least, you know. Mm. But it has to be of a still of a certain quality, uh. Like of if Harish and I 
when they make jalan kayu jalan kayu roti prata so, or something no yeah. exactly exactly yeah. so so it was a it was a strategic move because here i was trying to trying to make music right yeah. i could make any kind of music that i love bro it could be a love song it could be a trap song it could be something that i just mm. like mm. without mm. having the scene in mind without having our environment in mind right yeah. the environment yeah. we're in is filled with people that think there's no local talent right mm. so how do you change their perspectives you got to give them something that blows them away that makes mm. them question whether what they believe in is real or not mm. like you challenge the status quo lah like yeah. if they were to say singapore no local talent then we show them local talent and we present it in a way where they cannot ignore it Mm. So when we started, when Zeke started with MO3, it was me and Faris. We were doing all the headlining acts. Mm. We were everywhere, bro. Like it was just mm. two boys with one song each. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. why were we everywhere? Why did we shut down Ignite at Republic Poly? Why do we mm. were part? Why were we part of the first ever hip hop segment in Babies? Mm. We were making so much buzz, bro. It was so much noise that we created as an indie label. Mm. And this was only possible because of that strategic view that, or the strategic. Uh, plans that mm. Zeke had for the label and for us as artists. Mm. So we were building the career and we we're building the artistry while changing people's perspectives on what local artists can be. And that yeah. started off a, a a ripple, a cascading series of events. So going back to your question, which was yeah. how was the scene back then, right? Before we started, there was no mainstream game, bro. Nobody mm. was playing the mainstream game except folks like Cesare, Think Gentle Bones was. Was part yeah, of a label, yeah. Samuelos. Yeah. You can count with one hand. Yeah, and they were pushing their own artistry, and you know, like I mentioned, for you to have a scene, you got to have a whole bunch of them, right? Not mm. just three, not just yeah. five. Yeah. But the moment Faris and I, uh, I mean, Flight School, the, the whole bunch of us at Mo3 Records, the moment we started to do what we did, we proved to the younger aspiring artists mm. that. If you want to pursue rap music as a mainstream career choice, you can do it. Mm. And it's okay if you are if you are Malay or Indian or Chinese or Eurasian. It's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what language you speak or so. Yeah. If you're from Singapore and you want a mainstream career in hip hop, hey man, I speak Tamil and English, bro. I just did it. So was that also a strategic thing to not just do English, not just do Tamil? Do both together. It was something that was half strategy and half sensible, mm. because when I was trying to see if rap could be a thing, I I tried to write fully in English, and that didn't feel as natural as it should have. Mm. You know, mm. it felt like I was forcing myself to like be yeah. something that I wasn't. Mm. When I tried to write fully in Tamil, also didn't come out smoothly. Mm. But the moment I tried to mix it right, it was yeah. like eureka moment, bro, because it was a testament to the Singaporean DNA, mm. which I wasn't seeing that lah at first. Yeah, it was an accidental like eh. When I mix these Tamil words inside, it it's like a tap, bro. Yeah. I don't have to try. Yeah, I can just sit here, think of what I want to say, and it translates so smoothly from thought to paper. Yeah, or from thought to my notepad or my phone. Mm. When the bilingual aspect came in, it set me on a motion of exploring lyricism in a whole mm. new world. Mm. But prior to that, it was I was experimenting with full English, experimenting with these kind of demos. But it was a process of finding it. Lah. But were you were you always a writer from young or were you always no. a reader or a wordsmith when, from young? No, but I was always a hip-hop fan. Mm. Like I was I was a avid hip-hop listener from yeah. 10, 11 years old. Uh, like mm. listen every day to school, come back, earphones, iPod, touch, like listening to Eminem album, yeah. Kanye album, Lil Wayne album. That yeah. Kind. Mm. Actually, you... Uh, you just touched on something that was super interesting. Uh, you know, you were saying about 
The Olympics just finished, right? Yeah, Joseph yeah. Schooling just came back and all. Mm. You're saying about you want to prove to all the young people out there that you can be a hip-hop artist and you can pursue it as a career. Yeah. In some ways, having appeared on Jimmy Fallon or there's like Joseph Schooling winning, winning the gold medal for swimming. So you are like the schooling for for rap music in Singapore. La. Wow, bro. You've cannot, gone to the US and appeared on draw, mainstream cannot media. Cannot draw a parallel to Joseph Schooling. This guy is <laughs> is uh, the pride of a nation, bro. Shout no, but, but, wow, but the Fallon thing, I was like, wow, this, was, this is... I mean, they're, they're playing your song on national TV in the US. I mean, we're not... We're, and, and Questlove was vibing to it. And you also and, showed your record, right? Yeah, like you record. About. yeah. I mean, although it was on a segment called Do Not Play mm. and him saying, don't play this. I think this was definitely one of the most groundbreaking moments for Singaporean, yeah. like Southeast Asian artists, bro. Yeah, no, because because they finally look at us as not as like the caning country, the the or COVID you know, zero COVID zero country, death, yeah. or the all yeah. very clean country, or crazy rich Asians. It's like oh, there's artists, there's music, there's a scene yeah. from here, exactly. and here's a track from this guy. You know, album exactly. art, cover art, everything. I was like, oh shit. So like, you know, there were a lot of people that were giving like mixed opinions about. Mm. Oh, young Raja, why are you celebrating this? He wasn't even mm. saying nice things. Oh, but whatever, right? I couldn't hear any of that, bro. Mm. I couldn't hear any of these fellas that are looking at this as like half glass empty, right? Mm. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't hear them. Yeah. All I could hear was Jimmy Fallon saying Singaporean rapper Young Raja. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I could hear. It kept ringing in my head. Mm. This fella didn't introduce me as an Indian artist, Tamil artist, Singaporean Southeast rapper. Asian artist, mm. Asian artist. No, bro. He said Singaporean rapper, bro. Mm. That is a win for all of us here yeah. that are trying to fight the status quo. Mm. They're trying to challenge the status quo where motherfuckers don't think that yeah. we have what it takes. Mm. Yeah. They don't think Singaporeans have what it takes. They think we have to look outside. We have to keep looking outside. Mm. We have to export these fellas like, oh, fella from Singapore need to go to some other country, become mm. big, mm. and then only we respect the fella. Is, yeah. that, is that the truth? of how we are as, as a country, as, a, as mm. one people. Mm. Well, it seems like it. Seems like that's what people are saying and it hasn't changed much. Mm. So when I woke up to that piece of news, bro. How do you, how do you find out the first, the first thing that, that <sighs> alerted you to it? My God. I think it was a Tuesday, mm. 12 p.m. I woke up drinking my water in my room and I get a comment on my, on my Facebook, uh, YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah. Mommy video. Mm. Somebody just commented saying, Jimmy Fallon brought me here. Oh, oh shit. Fuck. So I op I get notified and I look and I open it and I'm straight I'm I straight away reply. I'm like, what? Question mark, question mark, uh, exclamation yeah, point. Yeah, Cause I'm thinking these fellas are trolling me. Mm. A minute later, I get a DM from somebody that I don't even know on Instagram. Yeah. And the DM is a picture from a random person of her TV screen in her living room mm. and there's a picture of Jimmy Fallon holding mommy mm. and I start shaking Shit. bro I start shaking and I start I start trembling bro I don't mm. even know what the context was like the, I just saw that and I started shaking I walked out of my room I looked at my mom I cried oh. like a child bro I cried like wow. a child and I told her that something crazy just happened yeah and Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon just said my name on his show and mm. played my song on his show. She started crying. She, oh. she started crying. Uh -huh. I go to my dad's room. I tell my dad. My dad starts crying. We just hug each other. Have one of the most emotional moments, bro. Because mm. you got to understand that my parents, right? From the time as early as 9, 10 years old, they've been telling me like, son, you're going to be great one day. 
Mm. You're gonna be the. You're gonna be an amazing artist one day. You're gonna be yeah. a big Hollywood artist. Like people will be knocking on your door, really? son. Yeah. yeah, for as long as I can remember, bro. Mm. They have provided me that kind of a spirit for me to go do me and mm. put myself and go me versus the world. Like let's go see what uh, what potential there is. Yeah, they have been instilling me with the right kind of spirit from as young as eight, nine years old. Mm. Like son, you got this, son. Son, you'll be one of the best actors and don't even worry. We're, yeah. we're praying for you. You have the blessings of your ancestors, yeah. the blessings of us. We're praying for you. You were you were not born by accident. We, I was hoping for a son for like 20 years. Mm. You were a, you're a blessing. You're a gift of God. You know, but that could have turned into, I could have been a brat. I could have, I could have been spoiled by that mm. kind of a upbringing, bro. But it didn't. It, yeah. it reached, it, empowered my spirit in ways that I can't put into words. Mm -hmm. So when this Jimmy Fallon thing happened, it was like, oh, oh shit. It was like a reminder that life works in mysterious ways and anything yeah. could happen anytime, bro. Was there any mm -hmm. clue how they chanced upon you? Don't your, know, bro. Your, no? Nobody from my team knew that it was happening. Nobody, Nobody saw it coming. Nobody love. flipped. No, nothing. None of that. Yeah. It happened at completely by random. Wow. It was the That's most crazy. unexpected event. Somebody from Jimmy Fallon's team found my song and decided to put it up. They yeah. went to the extent of editing the artwork to make it TV friendly because if yeah, actual yeah. artwork, if you see really? on Spotify, there's a couple of girls. I mean, yeah. it's not, it's yeah. not explicit yeah. or anything. Yeah. It's just, oh. I'm sitting in oh, the bathroom. Oh, something. Uh. They edited To, they, they took a still from the video, okay. which is okay. a much more TV-friendly uh, Oh, and image. then they blew that up. They, they, yeah, they blew that up. I see, I see. And that takes effort, bro. Like, they really wanted to talk about this. And yeah. it's just so wild to think about it, bro. And then like, I saw after that, that when you tweeted, they, like Questlove tweeted back or Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy tweeted. Fallon followed me, bro, on Instagram. Oh, on, on, on Twitter. Oh, and I, and I DM him straight away. I was like, yo, this is mad. Thank you for the follow or something uh -huh. like that. Yeah. And he replied. He replied wow. straight away. He's like, we loved the song. We even played it to the break. Uh, congratulations yeah. and all the best and something like that. Oh. Yeah. Bro, wild, bro. It was so wild, bro. And everybody was like signing up petitions, no, I mean, creating petitions to like get him to get me on the show yeah. and saying like, Jimmy Fallon, you should have played the other parts of the song. You didn't do him justice. Yeah, He's one yeah. of our brightest. Art. Like people were fighting for me. I was like, just sitting back, fucking emotional, just unpacking, bro. Just trying to unpack. Wait, wait, What wait. is going on? You know? Quickly, yeah. before before we forget, is there a petition out there that we can sign or something? Get get Young Raja. There still is. There still is. Let's go and sign. Yeah, everybody yeah. go yeah. and find that, it. A link yeah. in the show notes. Go put a link in the show notes. I mean, shout out to whoever that created it. I don't know yeah. who created it, bro. Like, uh. but it was a testament to to the fact that people believe in the vision, bro. People believe yeah. in the hustle, the grind. Mm. Because we're not just out here trying to do music, bro. We're trying to put Singapore on the map. Mm. That's what we. That's all what we all trying to do, right? Yeah. yeah. We're not just doing what whatever we do for Singaporeans. Yeah. Mm. We're trying to do it for the world, not yeah. just for ourselves, yeah. but for the world to see, mm. right? We consume so much of from other parts of the world. Why can't other people consume our shit too? Mm. Why can't our shit be as great as that, or even greater than that? Yeah. So I'm very happy to see a lot of Singaporean shows getting added on Netflix. Yeah. And like the whole, like the, the scene just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. yeah. So after Faris and I and Zeke and Shoria, after MO3 started and after all the buzz that was created, we now there's a lot more rappers, bro. A lot mm. more rappers. You that see are, that as a good thing. Like, it's a good great thing. thing. Because this is indication that yeah. 
the scene is growing. Yeah, 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 we are yeah, moving yeah. from infantile stage to a more full, more fleshed out stage yeah. in mm. the scene. And what happens then is people's perspectives will change much more rapidly because mm, they see mm. this wide variety of talents and yeah. artists and rappers and musicians. They're like, okay, now I, I cannot say that Singapore doesn't have talent, bro. Correct, correct, correct. Mm, cannot yeah. say that. People cannot say that because yeah. one day there'll be a Singapore festival. The mm. whole lineup will be Singapore artists and yeah. it'll be fucking dope. Mm, yeah. It'll be so dope, right? That people would fly from overseas to come and watch our Singapore mm. festival, like how we would want to go to Coachella and watch. Yeah. You know? Mm. So how you how are you helping these uh, new and upcoming younger artists? Like, do you have a skills future course on how to <laughs> become a rapper? Class. <laughs> how to get on Jimmy Fallon <laughs> before wow, age twenty five. National I, Youth I, Council I haven't reached out to you yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not yet, bro. Yeah. Shout out to them, bro. Hey, holla at your boy, man. No, I I'm asking this because um I see parallels, uh, like mm. we, you know, we we start on YouTube, everything. Mm. And YouTube scene in 2013 was damn exciting. 2014, mm. people were helping each other up. We were pulling each other up. You know, yeah. like, hey, your video's funny. Let's work together. Yeah. But you see, now it's all dead already. None of that anymore. And I feel like it was quite sad, lah. That this, that it kind of became like that, like, Where everybody sort of like became into got into different factions, and you know, there was less cross collaborating yeah so mm. when i hear a story it's super inspiring firstly mm. because you're just you know you're like fuck it just barge in to the u.s mainstream and, and everything and you're talking about not being afraid of competition in fact you're embracing the fact that you're pulling people up and inspiring more to take yeah. it up as well yeah you know so so that was something that i think the youtube scene lacked and that's why we and today we suffer a bit for it lah. Mm. so i'm just wondering how how you as young raja you know the guy who was on jimmy fallon uh, how are you helping the young the young guys? Every artist is a shelf life, bro. Like, I'm not mm. going to be mm. foolish enough to say that I'm going to be here for 10, 20, 30 years. Like, mm. Mm. Kanye and Justin Bieber, these kind of fellas can constantly reinvent themselves because they're geniuses in their own ways, you know? Mm. These are anomalies. Not everybody's like that, right? Mm. I understand that as a mainstream artist, there's only a period of time, like X number of years where I'm hot. After that, it'll be the next guy. Mm. That's the nature of the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the nature yeah. of our media industry. Mm. You're hot for a couple of years and it's time for the next guy to take because culture changes, trends mm. change, mm. Um, people's consumer behavior changes. Yeah. You know? Uh, like sound changes. Mm. Like what is hot in 20, what was hot in 2017 is not hot now. It's in yeah. terms of rap songs. Yeah. Mm. So you got to take all these considerations in, you know, like all these variables yeah. uh, about the game that you are a part of because yeah. you are players in your game, which is, you know, podcast, video creation. Mm. I'm a player in my game of music, raps, mm. all that. Yeah. And we are all just part of the game, bro. So mm. having this understanding helps because I'm not just sitting here thinking of like what I can do to get my bag and get out, what mm. I can do to get the most money and then like make the hottest songs and bounce. Yeah. Like, I understand that the place that I have right now is one of the most unique places mm. any musician that can be blessed with. Mm. Any musician can be blessed with, you know. I am a new artist, bro. I have five songs. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have uh. built a career out of five songs. Mm. Like, I have a wonderful team at Universal Music Singapore mm. and Def yeah. Jam Southeast Asia. These are big names, bro. Mm. Big umbrellas. Like, these are insane, like, unimaginable support systems mm. that I can that I can possibly have like I wouldn't have dreamed of being a part of a support system like that Yeah, you know yeah. but do, these are the people that I'm surrounded by that I'm proud to call my team mm. bro so like I'm reminding myself every day like how fortunate I am to not go through the struggle of an indie musician that's trying to 
survive mm. for 10 years because I know a lot of friends like that. Yeah. Mm. I step in the scene, day one already is major label, day one already, I never had to struggle. I mean, there mm. was challenges. There yeah. were challenges, bro. Yeah. But with my team, with the teamwork that my guys had, that we had, that we built, the synergy that we built, the kind of moves that we were able to do, the kind of strategies that were in place. Mm. Four songs, five songs, I've, I've built a career. Thank God. Bro, I'm so grateful for what I have. I'm so grateful for all the things that led me to this point. Mm. So I'm never once going to take this position for granted, bro. Mm. You know? Mm. So you couple that with the understanding that I have, my time is ticking. Yeah. I'm not mm. going to be here forever. Mm. So what is on my plate as my responsibility? My responsibility is to inspire as many people as I possibly can. Mm. Mm. There are a million people out there that think this is not possible. This is not viable. Mm. I have cousins, people in my community that are saying like, I'll oh, just be a doctor, fucking lawyer, engineer. Yeah. Bro, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'm here wearing, fucking painting my nails. I pull up to an Indian Muslim wedding, all the aunties jaw like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't give a fuck. Like, it's not, I'm not painting my nails. I'm not wearing earrings cause, just because I like it. Yeah. I like what it represents, bro. Mm. I'm, I'm on, you walk into Sephora, I got my face in there. Like, I don't wear, I don't wear makeup, but, I just did a gig with Sephora. I like what that means. Mm. We are breaking out of the mold, bro. Mm. And not just on a stereotypical masculinity standpoint, but also mm. on a Singaporean rapper, Singaporean artist, mm. local artist. What mm. can a local artist be like? Yeah. We're breaking away all the fucking molds that mm. have been set in place. Mm. Or, you, or if you want to sing in Tamil, or if you want to rap in Tamil, uh, 987 cannot play. Mm. They played it, bro. They play my songs on 987. Mm. No. Mm. No, man. I, I, I totally I, mean? I totally think you paid your dues, man. Like, I mean, uh, although it's, you're talking about four or five songs, but I think those years, you know, between 14 and 22 that you spent hustling and all that, uh, mm. those are, I mean, I don't know what I spent my teenage years doing, uh, but those years, I think they taught you something about being resilient and, and, you know, looking for that light at the end of the tunnel, not just waiting for it to come to you. Yeah, bro. And Absolutely. I think that that's the you you've set yourself up that that good luck happens to you. Right? You, know, yeah. you, you put yourself in the right position to yes, catch bro. it when it when the train comes by. You see? And, yeah. and I think that's super important because there's always this notion of overnight success. Mm. Mm. You know, you have one video on TikTok go viral and suddenly you're a star. Mm. But if you unpack everything you just said, yeah. uh, it sounds like you know facing the stereotype of of what uh, uh, an Indian actor is in Singapore and correct me if I'm wrong, has given you the fire to change For sure. that. Right? Mm. So in some For way, sure. all that contributed to what you're experiencing now. Exactly. Right? Because yeah. my, my, one of my questions is going to be, it sounds, what motivates you more? The, the artistry or the fact that you're in a position to change the landscape, change the stereotype, change the mold of what it means to be an Indian, uh, an Indian man who's that talented? La? I guess, well, that's very kind of you, bro. I mean, I, I, I have a few things that I love to do, a few mm. things that I'm, a passion, I'm passionate about. Mm. And I'm very blessed to be able to work with people that are better than me in many ways mm. to create something that's larger than us. Mm. You know, that's what I meant when I said, like I paint my nails because I like what it stands for. It stands yeah. that, it, it means that this straight max, masculine rapper guy mm. is not going to play within your stigmas, mm. right? Mm. So you challenge those stereotypes and challenge the status quo in that way, right? So the yeah. first half, the first leg of my career has always been fueled by the excitement that I felt knowing that we can change the game, we can fuck shit up majorly because mm. now I'm not bound by anybody's 
shackles. Yeah. Like anybody's opinions or whatever box they're trying to put me in. Yeah. I'm not bound by motherfuckers trying to cast me in Indian 18-year-old male nurse yeah. role. Mm-hmm. I can be an artist that mm-hmm. is me, bro. Mm-hmm. Fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. I'll all be me. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more liberating than being yourself and just a lot inspiring people to empower themselves mm. or empowering people by being yourself mm. yeah there's nothing more liberating than that mm. so that excitement fueled me it's like man this is so powerful mm. yeah, yeah, this yeah. is so powerful if only my cousins knew that they can do whatever the fuck they want and don't have to listen to their mom to become a money changer mm. <laughs> mm. you know mm. but my parents gave me that freedom and liberty to like mm. Figure shit out for myself. So, so does that also because I mean your songs, like the lyrics also. I mean, because you know you have the the stereotypical rapper who's all about you know like masculine stuff. And I mean, I'm I'm I admittedly don't listen. That's a very passive view, right? I know, yeah. I know. I'm saying, let me finish. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, this guy I always. No, I'm saying that is the stereotype. You yeah. know, like like I think you know when. I I've only started listening to more rap over the years, and I also can see even in the West, mm. the the people you you get the non stereotypical rapper mm. like you know people like uh, little dicky yeah, yeah yeah you know like Funny. who would have thought that that but he's a fucking talented rapper yeah, yeah granted um, yes and i mean when i when i listen to your songs and all like your you also talk about stuff that is very uniquely singaporean yeah right uh and and how, what what how do you come up with these sort of concepts and and do you always draw from your own personal experience uh talking about your family talking about your team because you mentioned your team quite a lot in your songs also. I do yeah mm, yeah mm. so so what what's how do you come up with those sort of songs well bro like rap rap and hip hop as as a culture yeah. as mm. a, as a mm. genre as an art form yeah already like off the bat demands a certain level of authenticity from the artist mm. it demands mm. it right mm. Whereas for the other genres that we have, pop, R&B, it doesn't really demand to that extent. Mm-hmm. You can have other songwriters writing for you. It may not necessarily be your own words. You know what I mean? But we can make a hot song. Mm. You know what I mean? No disrespect to the other genres, but I'm just saying that hip hop, the one of the beautiful, beautiful parts about hip hop yeah. is that it demands that authenticity. It has to be your own voice. Yeah. The moment you try to spin tales that are not yours, right? Yeah, People can yeah. call it out. People can call you out, bro, mm. from a mile away. Mm. You cannot be pos- you cannot possibly be from Singapore and talk about guns, whatever, right, bro. Mm. You cannot. How are you gonna do that? Mm. People mm. will sniff that shit from a mile away. Mm. So, mm. rap and hip hop has that criteria already. Yeah. It has to be real stories, bro. Yeah. Mm. You want to make it fun, lighthearted. You want to make it cheeky, funny. That's that's okay. Yeah. But foundationally, you cannot rap about things that are cap we call it cap mm-hmm. cap is like you're lying right bro it's like it's not it's not true mm-hmm. so artists that rap about having uh, a bands of fucking gold chains when they don't have it mm-hmm. is what we see in the game of uh, hip hop and rap because mm-hmm. yeah. everybody thinks that they got to emulate Yep, yep. They look in the they look at the west and they're like oh you know what I want to rap like drake so I will mm-hmm. write lyrics like drake and then emulate mm-hmm. but that's not the way to go authentic your authentic self is what fuels the art form, mm. right? So because I was a fan of rap music for so long, I, I mm. understood that element of of rap. Yeah, and I was able to approach it from that standpoint. That means I asked myself like, what what are the things that I think is fucking dope to say? Mm. 
as a bilingual boy, what are the things that I saw growing up or heard growing up or heard my parents say or I think is funny or like, yeah, you know? Yeah. So these are my thoughts, bro. I have to write it down and they become the raps, right? Mm. So is this approach that helps me carve out my lyrics in, in the way that I do? Mm. But I consciously choose it to be lighthearted and fun because that is who I am. Mm. I'm a Bro, if you met me during secondary school, I'm a class clown, bro. I'm trying to make mm. all the girls laugh, you know what I mean? Trying to like make fun of the teacher, like yeah. trying to entertain people, you know? Mm. That is me. I'm not no hard gangster fella that was in gangs yeah. and fucking, you know, doing this and nah. So if I were to put out hard raps that is like fucking different image, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not not doing, I'm doing mm. a great disservice, mm. disservice to the art form. Yeah, mm, mm, mm. you know, Harish, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't shitting on you just now. For sounded like you were, No, it's just that, it's just that. It's great to get I, that I, out I, of the way. I'm, I'm a bit more. I, I, I have studied a little bit of hip hop, Yeah, mm. but you some know, of like, our listeners haven't, right? I know, I know. I'm just saying. Actually, it's funny we're talking today because yesterday was the 10th year anniversary of Watch the Throne being released. Oh yeah, bro. Yes. Mm. In November, is going to be the 10 year anniversary of Drake's Take Care album. Mm. So that that was a turning point in hip hop when you know that whole masculine yes. thing is yeah. shifted towards. R&B and, 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 and rap yes. mixing together. And, and that's why that's why to say it, it's just that, you know, 50 cent, bang, 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 I want to kill you. But then. I did say, so, so <laughs> our podcast, we call it Yalla Bud because we argue a lot. La. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So my point is now, I said that was the stereotype and, and it changed in the West. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you never let me finish. Okay, no, so I'm I, was, saying. I wasn't bringing this up to flex, but I was bringing this up because with what you just said about authenticity yeah. is exactly what uh, Jay Z said in his his uh, autobiography, decoded mm. la. Yeah, it's about authenticity. It's about that that taking experiences, you know, from from your childhood, from whatever, and putting it on paper. Yeah, and I'm so glad that there's someone doing it in Singapore. Yeah, you know, taking that experience that you have as a minority, as 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 you know, someone who's struggling to make it in the industry, and, yeah. and now you made it, and now you're just you're just pulling everyone up with you. And that shows Bro, like, like music. Uh, mm. uh, this is just the beginning, man. Like yeah. this is, uh, we barely scratch the surface here. Mm. You know, like, you know, people get it twisted. They think that being authentic has to be like all deep and mm. like dark and like yeah. poetic. You know, people have different approaches for their art form, right? Mm. There are rappers that rap like lyricism, like Jay-Z, right? Mm. Where it's like storytelling. There are rappers like Lil Dicky that's like funny, you know? Mm. People have their sound, mm. right? So just because somebody's sound is mainstream and hype doesn't mean it's not real to them yeah. Mm. Yeah. you know like you could listen to Mustafa where I say call me young Mustafa Brown superstar mm. you know what I mean you could think of that as like oh, you know I'm just you know I'm just like characterizing myself as something else Yeah. Mm. but I'm imagining myself as I'm young Mustafa like it's mm. a character that I create for that's my art form like yeah. I like to do it this way mm. the whole reason why I do my art this specific this in this manner is because I know for a fact that this is true to my personality and who mm. I am deep down. Mm. This is who I am. This is the kind of person that I am. And I am trying to inspire as many people as I can by having that authentic display of self. Mm. But do you do you sometimes or ever feel the pull that, okay, I need to do something a bit more, you need to fight the clickbait la, almost, yeah. you know? Yes. Because... Uh, we've seen that on YouTube, on Facebook, and even when we think of videos, when we title videos, when we think of the thumbnail, mm. there's there is something Certain you package, know yeah. you yeah. know will get the views. Yeah. Do you ever feel that with with the, your song titling, your song choices, your your we, your outfits? We do think of it in mm. a sense of like we want it to be a dope product, 
right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're trying to sell something, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's, it's uh, it boils down to how much of an entrepreneur are you? Because mm. most fellas are just artists. They don't understand mm. that they're in show business. Yeah. Mm. They just want to make songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a uh, it's show is fifty percent business is fifty percent. Mm. So. If you just want to make songs, just be an indie artist, lah. Don't be in a major label. Yeah. Don't be. Don't get signed to a 360 contract, where there's a certain things that are expected of you, mm. and you wanna like act as if you are making music from a bedroom. You got the game yeah. twisted, right? Yeah. Mm. So I see a lot of people like that. So, you need to find the right balance of knowing how to focus on your art and put out art in the world and understand how the business works. Mm. So I have played the major label game from day one. So mm. from for me. From day one, when I'm creating, I'm thinking of how do I package this product? Mm. What mm. would make this a dope ass product, mm. right? But without compromising on my art, lah. Yeah, you know, yeah. finding the balance, and sometimes it takes a lot of effort, and sometimes it could dampen your spirit a little bit, you know, mm. because you're trying to cater to two different worlds. It can be tricky and challenging, but when you have the right support system, the right teammates, the whole process becomes fun and enjoyable. Because mm. you're playing the game at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so speaking about outfits, we know that you just also launched your new uh, clothing label, right? Yes, bro. Mm-hmm. Peace yeah. of yeah. okay. Peace yeah. What can you tell us a little bit about the what, why now and what is the thinking behind your I've, own fashion label? I've always wanted to launch a label. Mm. Um, this has been a dream of mine since I was eighteen, nineteen. You know, I see my, some of my favorite rappers, and they're all rocking their own yeah brands. Yeah. And it's a. Do you have like a like a someone who styles you like every all the time like a stylist? Yeah, and, shout out to May May Tan. Uh, oh She's yeah, my yeah, stylist yeah, yeah. for my excuse me, my, my music videos. Music videos. Mm, yeah, okay, all okay. my outfits you see in my videos it's all started by her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Spice Boy cover art, you see I'm wearing like five different outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start by her as well. I see. But um, my goal has always been to explore the potential. That I that I have, you know, mm. and one of the things that I've always wanted to explore is the entrepreneurial side of things, on what kind of businesses I can build. Mm. So I mean, in, in a sense, bro, Young Raja is a business. Mm. Like Rajit built Young mm. Raja as a business mm. with some key players. I mean, in, you can see it like that. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, mm. there's a reason why I took the major label route because. I wanted to be at a certain kind of place, and there had to be some kind of blueprint that helps me build. To the kind of artist that I wanted to be, right? Yeah. yeah. It is so synonymous with building brands and other businesses. So, mm. fashion label was something that always, always had my interest. Like I'm like so in awe about it because it's also expression, bro. It's also a form of expression. Yeah. Rapping is a form of expression. Making clothes is also a form of expression. You can design mm. whatever the fuck you want to design, release whatever you want to release. So, I partnered up with uh, my boy Darren. Who's my creative director for mm, Peace Ove, mm. and we make everything in house. So Peace Ove basically means a collection of art, mm. an exhibition of art. Peace Ove, mm. peace body of work. So anything that we slap the logo on, it is a symbol of peace and love. Mm. And the logo is two of the most universal logos in mm. symbols in the world, which is the yeah. heart shape and the peace shape, mm. uh, and the peace being in the heart. So it's like kind of saying that. I wish there's peace in your heart forever. Mm. You know, mm. so it's very good vibes, very um, positive. So, so just now, you know, you mentioned that you are in show business mm-hmm. and you are not just creating songs. You also see your young Raja has an entity, lah, right? Yeah. So what? 
what made you take that approach? Because it's an approach I think is is something that not I mean, it's it's something that I totally agree is the best way to, best way to go. But uh, but it it um not many people share that lah. Yeah. So what what made you realize that okay you want to create art you need if you create art that five people see um uh, without packaging it and all is that the way to go or you create art in a way that is packaged for more people in some way more commercial because you know there's always this thought of oh you start you sell out you sell out this yeah. mm. but i totally feel anything any kind of art you make it needs there needs to be that commercial side of things lah but what made you realize that because I, I has it this. always been from the start i love this question bro mm. it is something that i've always wanted to speak about publicly mm. Mm. there have been so many people that look at faris and i that took this major label route yeah and think of us as sellouts yeah mm. right yeah that is because they themselves consider themselves purists mm. they don't like selling their music to a mass market they would much rather make it for an intimate group of followers mm. yeah. their core fans and have that direct vulnerable connection with their art yeah mm. yeah nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that but that is selfish ah that means it's for you actually mm. like you're a frank ocean you're you're such an artist that you don't really buy into the whole idea of selling your songs for the masses mm. you do it it's like something that is so so dear to you right you're a purist bro yeah so there are people that come from a purist mentality when they look at fellas like me they're like oh yeah. this fucking sell out lah bro this and that Sorry, you said Frank Ocean. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm uh, saying oh, okay, like Frank yeah. Ocean is somebody that's an artist, right? He yeah. he is not somebody that would try to do sellout kind of songs or like mm. massive, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, what is that Billboard hits and all that? Mm. He is an artist that chooses to release what he wants to release when he wants to release. He's not yeah. being part of any major label or whatever. That's mm. an artist, yeah. mm. a purist. Mm. It's his soul that he puts into his music. There are a lot of people out there yeah. that look at their art form, which is music, mm. in that manner—a purist mentality. Yeah. No, no, no. Fuck what the label says. No, no, no. Fuck what you say. I will make this. Mm. I like this. Mm. Fuck y'all. Mm. And then whoever follow, whatever following they have, hundreds of thousands of people, whatever, there are people that really connect with them. And these mm. are the purist side of mm. artists, right? So then there's my category of people mm. that do this shit for a living, bro. Not while compromising on the artistry, yeah. we find the nice middle ground because we want to feed our families. Yep, yep. You want to make music and you're okay with five people listening to your songs and not earning from it, and it's just solely for yourself. Mm. Cool, but don't hate on the fellas that are trying to feed their families. Mm, mm. You do know? You, do you get a lot of hate? I mean, not not a lot of hate, but I do get these opposing views from people where like people just see. I mean. No disrespect to anybody, bro. But yeah. people have different ways of seeing things, yeah, right? Yeah. So some people see music as like a sacred art form when they see fellas like me that are trying to build a career on top of it, like in such a mainstream, in-your-face, everywhere, mass kind of manner. They're yeah. like, oh, this fella is not, not a real artist, not mm. a real rapper. Mm. I've had comments like that, but mm. they don't see what I'm seeing. I just paid off my family's debts. Mm. You know what I mean? I took my family out of debt. Your opinions don't mattered to me bro like mm. like my family is good mm. i'm saving for my future like i'm planning for my future mm. i'm saving for my kids mm. i want to live good bro i'm not being selfish like i'm not just doing this for myself 
Mm. I have fellas that work with me. I want to get them paid. Yeah. One day when I get flown in business class to some country, I want my boys to come with me, bro. Mm. And you out here just making music for yourself to feel a certain kind of way. Mm. No disrespect to your craft. If that's how you want to view it, go mm. ahead. But we out here trying to build empires. Mm. We out here trying to build something for our families, bro. Yeah. Mm. Which Tamil fella did this kind of shit? Which Malay guy, first generation Singaporean, built something for themselves in this manner, bro? Yeah. Mm. It's from scratch. There wasn't yeah. no hand-me-downs. It wasn't no, oh yeah, my father had this and he fucking get... Bro, this shit is from scratch, bro. Mm. I mean, granted, we had great people, good people around us that helped us build this. But it was from nothing. Four years ago, mm. it was nothing, bro. Yeah. Zero. Used to take the bike, bicycle from Zeke's house after a session at 7 a.m. in the morning. Mm. Cycle from Tiong Baru to Teka, bro. Because they have no money. No money mm. to take a bus even. Mm. that was four years ago now we out here bro we living good mm. I'm taking care of my parents bro you gotta see my mom's face bro know what I mean nowadays yeah. like she sorted out it's what I've dreamt of since I was nine years old so you get to choose for yourself like, bro what kind of life you want to create for yourselves yeah. if you are okay with being broke and being an indie super underground artist that is not making money and not doing this mm. for business. If that's what you want, cool. But don't disrespect the fellas that built the kind of foundation that they wanted for themselves. Yeah. Mm. So I get triggered a little bit when people say oh, overnight success that this fella came out of nowhere. Mm. They don't know how many years I had to fucking go through yeah. to like be here. You know mm. what I mean? They don't know any of that. So I don't react lah. Yeah. yeah. But at times like this where we're having a conversation where you're asking the right questions, yeah. I will split to you. Yeah. You know, well, you, I mean, will, you mean there are people in Singapore in the in the music scene who wouldn't jump at the opportunity to sign with a major label. No. Straight away. I mean really. pe pe people have different different perspectives on different things, bro. Mm. You know, like signing to a major label doesn't mean that your success is guaranteed. Yeah. Mm. It might feel or look very nice. I mean, it is a great thing, bro. It is a yeah. fucking magical thing. Like I've been in the major label with a major label for the last four years. Mm. My life is very different now, bro. Like I'm mm. so grateful for the people that have believed in me and have signed me and have, you know, like helped me realize myself as an artist, you know? Yeah. Been four years of consistent hard work from my team that I'm very proud of. Yeah. Mm. To call them my team members, you know? Yeah. But not everybody's after this. Mm. Not everybody wants to be a mainstream artist mm. that is making X amount of dollars. Not everybody sure. wants this. Mm. Some people see their art form as something so sacred that they don't want to they just don't want to be in a setup like that. Mm. They would much rather just make music from their bedroom, release music on SoundCloud. Mm. That makes them happy. So it's a question of what do you want? Mm. What would fill your cup? For me, mm. what would fill my cup is I want to be the biggest fucking artist in Singapore. Mm. From Singapore. Biggest. I want to I wanna be so successful that people look at it and they're like, can me? Mm. Huh? Sure or not? Like this fella did that. Is yeah. that, how is that, you know? Like, this is not just my own selfish desires and dreams. I understand mm. what that means to others. When they look at it from an optics, from an optics point of view, right? It's like, how did this guy, who was a son of a tuition teacher, mm. first generation Singaporean, immigrant family, mm. do this, that, and that, and that, and that, and that? 
Mm. So what what would that mean, bro? That would mean that if this fella can do it, I can do it, ah. Uh. Offer, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm. If Faris Java can do it, I can do it, ah. Uh. That's the message that it sends out, and subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. By just you being the greatest version of yourself, you inspire people in ways you cannot imagine. Mm. So so then what 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 do you see yourself in the next five years, ten years? What are you working now? You have a You have a music career. You have a fashion label. I have a fashion label. What What else is on the? I'm working on my cafe. Oh, cafe. This year. Uh-huh. But I don't know, bro. You know, life like 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 we started this conversation when we said that life works in mysterious ways, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't know, bro. I don't know where this is headed towards. Yeah. Mm. But I know one thing for sure, lah, bro. For sure. Mm. This thing is basically me knowing deep down in my soul, right? At the depth of my spirit, it's a visceral feeling, right? That whatever I do in my life, I could be a carpenter after this, bro. For all mm. we care, mm. right? Mm. I want to inspire folks, bro. Mm. That's what I want to do. That's my ultimate life goal. Yeah. Whether is it by being a rapper, whether is it by whatever the fucking role it is, bro, that mm. I am playing at that given moment in time. Yeah. Right. I'm a rapper, but I'm I can do other things too. Mm. Yeah. You know. Whatever it is that I'm doing at whichever part of my life, I'm just gonna make sure that it inspires people, it touches people's lives, it makes people's lives better. Mm. That is my goal. The reason why I put out the kind of music that I put out is because when you watch my music videos, you forget about your problems a little bit. Mm. You are entertained, bro. I I want to do that. Yeah. It's not like I accidentally just make these kind of videos and it. No. Yeah. I work with the people that I work with to make the kind of music that I make to. Have hoping to have the kind of effect that I would like to see. Mm. The intention is to make people's days brighter, yeah. to make people feel better, mm. to instill some kind of joy in people's lives, to use my art as a as a means to brighten up somebody's day. Mm. Wow! Right? Yeah. That is conscious. That is applicable now as the rapper Rajit, uh, rapper Young Raja. Mm. No matter what this changes to, bro, like you never know. Yeah, I, I may not be a rapper for the next ten years. It could change. Mm. Whatever it changes to, the one thing I want to ensure is that my mode of being, my mode of living on a day to day, has to has to impact people's lives positively. Mm. You see, you see why on set I was like, this guy's like DJ Khaled. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm, 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 I'm. Uh... I mean, wow! Your parents did this amazing job of like yeah. somehow shout out to your parents. Shout and out your to family, them, because like, <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I, I like, I look, I look at my kid and I'm like, hmm, how do I inspire this kid to to like want to pursue a passion, whatever it is, you know? No, because I, I, I have told a few friends uh, uh, after I, I met you on Zombie Pro, even before mm-hmm. you blew up, I was like, on on this set, I met this guy who's like what 21, 22. and in Singapore media, unfortunately, there. It's easy to get jaded, lah. It's easy mm. to feel like, oh fuck, what is the fucking point of this? And whenever I've I've been there uh, and I've met people like that, and there are people who kind of drain your energy, and there are people who give you energy. Yeah. And mm. I remember talking to you. I was like, hey, fuck, this guy is twenty one, twenty two, and it's energizing, lah. Mm. And and that's why seeing your music and even your videos, they're always very colorful. Mm. You know, mm. they're they're not like the darkish yeah, kind of treatment. It's very colorful. Yes. It's very vibrant. You use the fisheye lens, and yeah. there's a certain element of shout out to Jasper. He's genius behind 
all yeah. of my videos. Yeah. Yeah. So so I mean that's why it's it's so great to see you and I think anyone listening to this uh it has been very inspirational, very motivational. Yeah. And I mean if people wanted to to find you online, where where's the best place to to find you or are you where you They could find me on all the so- socials, Instagram, mm. Mm. Twitter, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, my YouTube channel, Young Raja. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm Young Raja pretty much everywhere. TikTok. Yeah. yeah. TikTok. Yeah. TikTok now. And yeah. So and I know you just released your single Spice Boy. Spice Boy. You have your fashion line. Peace so, uh, yes. and is there anything else in the new horizon? You mentioned your cafe, or is that still cafe? Uh, still no works. Still, still, in still the renovating works. the place. It's uh, oh, so you got a place already. Got a place already, bro. So, uh, We're gonna open probably by the end of this year. It's is it gonna be Mahako? Oh, you have a name as well. Yeah, it's called uh, Mahako. It's a uh-huh. Mexican Indian fusion restaurant. I'm gonna be selling dosa tacos, bro. Oh, oh shit. shit. You're <laughs> gonna change the game, bro. I'm telling you, man. Like I already know. New, like I feel new. it. The, I feel it, man, bro. Dosa tacos is gonna be a game changer. Dosa tacos. Yeah. Is, is music gonna be a big part of the cafe also? And we're gonna be playing music. Yeah, we're gonna have nice surround speaker system and all that. But oh, come check nice. it out, bro. It's at a um, Nexus building at One North. Oh, when it's open, I'll ping you guys. Okay, okay, Come yeah. check it out. Yeah, bro. But uh, anything else is on the horizon. Just working on more music, man. I am in a I'm at a crossroads in my career. Mm. Um, I'm trying to reinvent certain parts of myself you know i think every, i think every artist goes through this mm. after like two three years of doing the same mm. thing you start to feel a bit like okay yeah. what else mm. what more in terms of your artistry. music in terms yeah. of your artistry so i'm in the middle of that mm. so and i have no problem sharing this publicly you know like mm. i'm at a i'm at a crossroads and it's a great thing that i'm here because yeah. mm. it is a moment of discomfort and growth yeah you know so I'm very excited to see where this leads to and what this becomes. But those that are listening, if they have been following me and have been fan of my music, what's yet to come is going to be fruitful. And and I know we were talking before this podcast about even acting. Mm. That mm. is still a mm. big part of, of, of what you would like to do, right? Yeah, bro. Yes. That's great to hear because we have a Tamil. Oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> bro, I, no, but, I used to love yeah. to go for castings and auditions yeah. and all that, bro. Like, No, but that's why I think what you're saying is very inspirational because, I mean, in many ways, we are also trying to to do what we can in, mm. the, in the visual sense. Mm-hmm. Like the shows we make, we make it a point for, for Singlish to be part of it because uh, we never want to dial it down. Because yeah. I, I feel the same way that Singapore has so much fucking talent yeah. and there's so much that we can show the world. Uh. Yes. Uh, and so much, bro. It's so ridiculous. Much, yeah, what we, so what we have to offer right, yeah. is uh, <laughs> and, it's mad. And, and what you're saying is acting is something that you you want to want to do. It's still in, in your heart. Love, bro. Your first My love. first mm. love. It was mm. the first thing that I saw and I thought about that made me feel bro mm. Mm. so although i didn't get to places that i was hoping that i would get to and although the fruits of the labor wasn't what i expected it to be mm. and although there was a lot of like resentment and mm. dissatisfaction and all that it is still my first love nonetheless mm. and i had to put it in a back seat to focus on music but that doesn't mean that i've lost my love for acting mm. you know my mm. passion for it is, is undying and it's a matter of the right opportunity the right kind of uh, partnership with people mm. to like kind of, you know, get into it properly, you know, mm. preparation. All the roles that I used to do is like, you know, you go one day shoot, read the script before the shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. go do the job and you get out, right? Yeah. It was not, you play a character. It's mm. not like you prepare for the character, which is what I wanted, which mm. I never got a chance to do. Mm. So when the right opportunity comes and hopefully 
if it is a role that I have to prepare for and it's like properly done. I don't know what, I don't know how that would fulfill my spirit up, bro. But I know that that would be one of the best days of my life. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like for our audience, this is like the you know we can't travel out of Singapore, but Young Rajan has taken us on a trip <laughs> on the on the rainbow of like mm. potential. The rainbow the of rainbow. potential. I don't know. I just Bruh. feel like like. to make a T-shirt. <laughs> That's the rainbow. The rainbow There's of potential. Certain points when he was talking, where I felt like there was this background music, you know, those inspirational music, those like inspirational on Goldcast, videos. Yeah, Goldcast, yeah. the Facebook page, right? With the with the lower thirds words all coming yeah. up oh, and all that. I was like, oh shit, man. I mean, yeah, but 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 really, I mean, um. Usually when we ask that question about what you're going to be doing five years, usually yeah. it's like, oh, I'm going to get married, mm. HDB, BTO, BTO, that kind of thing. Yeah. But over here, it was just like purely about following your game. dreams, changing the game, you know, like working on your craft and wow, uh, this is damn inspiring. And I mean, it sets the the perfect context for, yeah. for how we normally um, wrap up our podcast. It's mm. called the One Shook Thing segment. Oh. Yeah. And essentially, it's essentially where each of us just share the one shook thing we've come across in the past few days mm. that we can share with our listeners. One so shook. something Could online. Be anything, uh. Can be anything. So Terrence and uh, I will uh, go first. Uh, but, but, but ideally, something that they can access also. Mm. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, if I can't say, oh, my wife's cooking because she, mm. she won't cook. True. Unless your wife is willing to cook for but all our yeah, listeners. Yeah, uh. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but if it's uh, so anything, yeah, anything that has a link to it that we can share with our listeners, Mm. So mm. so Terence and I will go first to, okay, to give you an idea. Mm. Yeah. Um you have you have something? You go ahead first. Okay, so so mine is I mean I I saw earlier today that like Lionel Messi has just signed for Paris Saint-Germain. Mm. Um and I don't know what that's going to look like but um ESPN did this very nice um chronological timeline of of Lionel Messi from young till old. And the way they put the website together and the way you scroll through it was a uh, it's so visually interesting mm. and it's so so i would say beautiful uh, to mm. see how he went from being this young guy who needed growth hormones because his growth was stunted mm. to how he has just he changed the game for football mm. Uh, mm. i mean in between the battle between cristiano ronaldo and messi mm. I, I i'm a menu fan so mm. ronaldo will always have that special place but messi is someone you cannot deny that he does shit nobody else does yeah, yeah. and that whole going just scrolling down that website is one of those websites you just scroll and then all the visuals come in mm. it's fucking amazing and mm. I mean I'm kind of excited to see how he fares in Paris Saint-Germain because mm. the one thing that people have said okay you grew, you did everything in Barcelona mm. the whole system was for you mm. and now to see him in a different league mm. to adapt to it it's going to be fucking amazing to watch mad bro mm. that's yeah, mad yeah, yeah. Yeah. This, so, this is historic news right yeah the, historic the, news the world of football yeah, yeah the world yeah. of football uh, my one shot thing is, uh, it's because NDP was over the weekend, right? Yeah. So I think people, were, I think like Joshua, our friend, was trying to do a retrospective of all the NDP songs every year since they started, and uh, then he did. I think he chanced upon one that was done by a local newspaper. Yeah, it's mm. in Mandarin lah, the Taobao newspaper, mm. where they really went to every single song of NDP in an interactive, like, you know, those kind of websites where you scroll, you scroll down and shit. Like the messy, like the messy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, shit yeah. happens. Yeah. So I was super impressed, even though I couldn't read half of it. <laughs> like, my Mandarin's really terrible. <laughs> but even just to, uh, to just see the visuals of how, you know, the music videos looked and everything, mm. it's very beautiful. And uh, I mean, NDP this year, I think, the, you know, the song, everyone, everyone, it seems to have gone viral and everyone's like vibing yeah. to it. 
So, so, I, I really love the new trend. The, 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 the aggressive one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Started by exactly. the guy Mark with a C. I think yeah, that's yeah, his TikTok yeah. handle. That's a yeah. funny shit, bro. Fucking hilarious, man. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean uh, so there's a lot of creativity that comes out even from something so yeah. military, militaristic. Uh, so yeah. I, I advise, every, I, I encourage everyone to go check and that out. And as a non-Mandarin uh, speaker, I would still be able to enjoy it. Uh. I mean, it's a website that has pictures and okay, can pictures, visual, can, yeah. Yeah. visual, 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 Mm. to save uh, the world from climate disaster mm. oh, really? climate change disaster yeah and like any any, and, any teaser uh, what? I, I don't I don't remember all four but one of them was to change municipal waste mm. to mm. jet fuel mm. so uh. the aviation industry can oh, be shit. on an uh, you know zero emission like you know recycled yeah, yeah, fuel yeah. right yeah. that's one wow. another one was to literally trap carbon in the air and then store it in a desert or something like mm. story at an abandoned place yeah like shit like that like he was here two, two that's other. like back to the future shit man yeah, where you put trash in the like car a, right? a yeah. new video it's that a new he, video he posted oh, okay. on his YouTube channel go check mm. it out I think it's like three or four minutes mm. four things that he's proposing for us to you know see the world change for the better lah. Mm. and yeah. I, I thought it was so brilliant because he's the founder of Microsoft bro like mm. he, what yeah. is this guy doing saving the world you know what I mean Yeah. but it's inspiring because he's so successful now he has become so big of uh, a force mm. right he has so many resources at his disposal right mm. it's almost like he's taking responsibility personal responsibility making sure that his fellow human beings and the human species mm. um, is better off before he was born mm. better mm. off than when he was uh, before he was born mm. you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. so it's like he's taking personal responsibility and it's like changing the world bro and I feel that that is so fucking inspiring bro here we are trying to like mm. <laughs> trying to get our shit together like you yeah, know yeah. we have all these small problems that we get caught up with human emotions yeah, you know, being yeah. led by our emotions but he's thinking 50, 100 years in the future he's out yeah. here he's out here tr trying to save the planet bro mm, and I think mm. that is as cool as it can get it's like superhero like a superhero living amongst us yeah. and it's yeah. Bill Gates yeah. yeah, should check it out man it's so dope and that the fact that cool. he didn't build a rocket and fly himself to space yeah, yeah. he didn't do that he didn't do that <laughs> while, <laughs> while everybody else did yeah, everyone, every other billionaires <laughs> but that was pretty cool huh? yeah. it was fun yeah, it was fun like Richard Branson did it in a way that was likable yeah. Jeff Bezos just looked like an asshole yeah, like, yeah. he's just like look at how Lex rich Luke. I am yeah. bitch <laughs> it's like I'm richer than you exactly <laughs> fly to the moon bitch oh <laughs> but that is so, so I assume Bill Gates is one of your heroes um, yeah, bro, but I'm very disappointed with the recent controversies mm. uh, surrounding his name. So I try to not be all yeah, loud. I see. And, yeah, that's uh, a know, whole different episode. It's a whole different episode. Uh, but different but episode. I have been a fan of his work. Yeah. Uh, mm. It started off when I saw his uh, Netflix documentary. I don't know mm. if you've seen it inside Bill's brain. Inside oh, no, Bill's mind. Yeah. Please good. watch it. Please, bro. Uh, okay, you got to okay. stop everything that you're watching right now. Uh, Go home tonight. Mm, start watching yeah. inside, inside mm. Bill's yeah. mind or brain. Okay. Okay, so okay. Second, second shook thing today. Yeah. Second shook thing. Bro, yeah. can I just share one thing with you guys? Sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, this was the first thing that made yeah. me fall in love with the mind behind Bill Gates, mm. right? He, bro, he does this thing, right? He goes for this thing called the Think Week. 
Mm. Okay, so mm. he is the one of the most powerful men in the world, right? He's probably one of the busiest men in the world. But he sets aside an entire week, and he calls it the Think Week. And what he does during the Think Week, right? He picks out all the books that he's trying to read mm. that would basically help him solve the issues that he's trying to solve, which are at hand for him. So at that given point in time, he was trying to solve some sewage, some fundamental sewage problems, hygiene problems, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So he takes out, he, he picks up a tote bag, mm. a big tote bag, this big, fills it with like maybe a dozen or like 20 books on all the different areas and problems that he's trying to solve, right? Mm. Some of the best books. He packs it in his tote bag, gets in his private jet, flies to a private island that he mm. owns mm. and in the island there's a private lake house and a private lake that he owns mm. it's a little cabin bro it's not even a lake house it's a cabin by the lake yeah you go in there it has one bed it has one desk it has one tiny refrigerator stocked up with coca-cola for some reason i yeah. think because mm. he's an investor then he you know mm. <laughs> product placement he goes there one week and his family every everybody that works for microsoft everybody that reports to him everybody that is in his life knows Oh yeah, uh, we can't disturb Bill Gates now. He's, think he's on Think Week. <laughs> Serious, huh? So for that one week, he's untouchable, bro. Yeah, yeah. Everybody will cater according to that one week that he's away. Mm. Yeah. When he's back, he comes back with a wealth of knowledge on how to solve some serious problems. Really, yeah? Yeah. Wow, next week, Terrence is going for Think Week. The Singapore version is Reservist. It's called Reservist. Reservist, bro. Hey, bro, you got to come back with some uh, mad solutions, man, for us. I'll just be watching YouTube all day. Uh, for, don't disturb me. I'm watching YouTube, man. <laughs> the latest Korean drama. Yeah, well, also, yeah. I cannot disturb him. Or he's like, sorry, sorry. Reservist. That's our Singapore version Singapore of Think Week, Think Week. Every man goes through it. Right? Oh, my God. That's Give good. me two that's years for his That's why, yeah, exactly. That's, that's too good, bro. Dude, but yeah, but well, what a way to end this podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much bro it was fucking dope man oh man thank you it for having me great. here bro this is this yeah. has been an amazing conversation yeah Fuck, and man. i mean in future if there's any time you're launching something you're yeah. always welcome back la. okay bro. Yeah. thank anytime, you anytime bro thank yeah. you this yeah. is this has been wildly inspiring uh, this just to have this conversation with you guys oh, like fuck, that's oh, great. you guys are so like you guys are great conversationalists man like oh, thank you, at man. no one point did this feel like a podcast or like a q and a or like you know like an interview slash you know what i mean like i felt like i'm catching up with two buddies of mine that that uh, fucking I, I, warms my heart I, I, bro. I swear to god like, this is fun. this is re like rechargeable batteries uh. this is the recharging that we need uh, <laughs> yeah that's know, right to hear you know inspiring messages from someone who's who's on the ground doing it you know so next time i see my mom i'm like you know what i'm going to change the world and she'll be like no when are you going to get a real job <laughs> <laughs> yo shout out to all indian moms <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm working on my craft yeah I'm working on my years, craft okay? Okay. don't disturb me yeah. I'm going for think week right yeah. now <laughs> yeah. dude but cool man thanks so much Thank and you, and this episode yeah. uh, everything we mentioned is in the show notes and okay. yeah great to wow. have you bro thank you bro thank you so much guys okay thank and you guys yeah. fist bump fist bump Ooh. and to all our listeners thank you so much for listening and oh. we will talk to y'all soon